The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC, a member of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Joining me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hey, what's up, guys? And best friend of Insert Name FC, our most most used super sub as possible. Probably more of a super sub than any super, more than Gareth Bale was when he was a super sub, even Chicharito. And that is, of course, our good friend Kelsey Coyne from High Low Sports and a lot of other responsibilities in Belly of Sports. <laughs> What's up, guys? Yeah, I know it is a long, long laundry list of, of stuff to add, but no, I always love coming on. We talk about this every time. Love coming on, talking a little bit of soccer, football, whatever you want to call it at this point in time. We accept all comers for, for this sport that we love. Yeah, but speaking about the other football, you got you just came back from the Fantasy Football Expo. Um, not sure where it was, but seemed like you guys had a lot of fun. You had uh, your boy DJ, aka Hunter Renfro, uh, in, going into his inner ninja warrior. Uh, yeah. You guys got to play play some flag football. I don't know if Des Bryant was involved there, but you guys met Des Bryant. I'm sure you told him that it was a catch. Uh, oh yeah, but... yeah, one hundred percent. No, yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. So it was in Canton, Ohio, uh, at the Hall of Fame stadium, or at the Hall of Fame Village there. A lot of fun, uh, a lot, a whole lot of fun. DJ finished third in the Ninja Warrior competition. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. There's, there's, you know, there's work to be done. If DJ, if you ask DJ, DJ says I can finish first next year. Uh, mind you, he went into this not prepared. So impressive that he finished third. Uh, managed to tweak his ankle before he played flag football, though. Unfortunately, so he didn't get a, didn't get to compete. But yeah, Des Bryant was there. Um, got to meet Des. Got to fangirl a little bit. He moved up my list of all-time favorite Cowboys as a Cowboy fan. From like third or fourth to definitely first, uh, one of the coolest, most humble guys I've I've ever talked to before. That was a former pro athlete, mind you. There's more out there. I know there are. I just haven't had a chance to talk to them yet. Uh, but no, it was really cool meeting Des. Um, met a few other people down there as well. Um, but no, a lot of excitement. I mean, we got to get you up here one time. I know you're, you know, it's a soccer podcast, but we've already we've already dubbed you Hector the football guy. So at this point in time, you just got to come up for football, no matter what it is, whether it's the round ball or the oblong shape one. Yeah, I mean that was. It, 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 if you guys don't know, obviously, uh, four, four and four, uh, the other podcast that uh, Kelsey does, which is with some old, with some old familiar friends from back in the unhinged days, um, that that he does. I think it's also kind of with. Is it, I don't know if it's your guys' own thing or is that also with Belly Up Sports, but, uh, it's but it's Belly Up. So yeah, it's a lot of familiar faces from like our back back to unhinged, like you know Jim and and uh, and and Zach, like. Two guys that you know, obviously, we we have so much love and appreciation for for just giving us that that start. But yeah, with four and four, I I, I used to do their pick 'em with them, and there was actually a point where I almost won the pick 'em, and then I just fell apart. Usually, best way to to describe my life is just 
going Arsenal. full on, looking really hot, and then <laughs> it's been the he Arsenal did. I've yeah, I Arsenal did that. Um, I mean, that's like everything. <laughs> like the belly of fantasy football league. I was literally the best team in the league, and then I just get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Um, the the March Madness challenge I did with Belly Up also, I had the I had like the best shot at winning it, and then all of a sudden it fell apart because I picked Duke, and so like never picked Duke. Yeah, like I, dang, I am I am really good at choking. That's <laughs> why you're an Arsenal fan. Oh, whoa, that's what she said. I don't think I don't <laughs> think she would want to be good at choking. Jeez! All right. Well, <laughs> how do we rebound from this? Oh, uh, so the the the, the crazy plain girl. Um, she 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 came out of the woodwork. Um, I don't know if you heard about that, but she finally came out, did a, a little video, uh, the saying that you know that that was her, that she was the person that said that motherfucker is not real. Um, but yeah, so she's like. T- so now she's going to be a big proponent for mental health. Apparently that's the, what happened on that, on that incident. But of course you guys all know she was the meme for the, it's funny now that this year, each month has its own meme and she was the meme for, yeah. for last month. So. That's uh, I mean, I guess uh, blame it on something, I guess might as well blame it on a good cause. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, she made it work for herself. Uh, Oh yeah. Shit. The, the whole thing with the blind side, that, Ooh. That, oh, that was insane! But if you guys don't story. know, it's a American football. If you guys ever seen the movie The Blind Side, it's supposed to be the life story of Michael Orr. Uh, we're finding out now that that is not actually as accurate as 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 we thought it was. I mean, uh, I mean, Michael Orr has actually mentioned it in in previous interviews that that one he was actually really good educational wise because I mean the movie basically made him stupid. Um, but he was actually, I think he had like a re- actually a re- pretty good GPA in high school. So, I mean, so that was yeah, one he, thing. But then you, you find out that like the family that took him in uh, basically just took advantage of of his uh, success. Um, so that's a that's a huge lawsuit that's happening. So that movie went from being a great inspiration to now I am burning it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not watching that one anymore right now. That's a, that's a tough one. It's <laughs> funny because I was actually thinking about watching it a couple of days ago and i was like man i was like i'll watch it next week and we need you know, some inspiration <laughs> yeah pretty much but now i'm just like i don't know if i should watch it it's still an inspirational movie but just uh <laughs> not touching that with a 10 foot pole <laughs> not not for the not for the reasons in real life you know might i suggest uh goal or goal two or goal three maybe not don't goal three go, goal three was pretty no. bad on but I suggest goal one or two. Goal three is free on on YouTube, so you, there's always that. It is. <laughs> goal goal one and goal two is free on YouTube. You can actually find them both. Yeah, we can find them both on on YouTube. Whether you want to watch it in Spanish or in English, don't tell anybody our secrets. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but honestly, goal one, yes. Goal two, meh. And goal three, what are you? He's thinking? he's just saying that because he hates the fact that he goes to Real Madrid, um, and also no, they, they basically in that movie they erase Barcelona's uh, Champions League win against Arsenal. just, I'm going to forever just... remember goal as the movie that 
featured Nick Cannon for some odd reason. Like Nick Cannon, like, you know, before everyone thought that this guy was pouring himself out to like America's Got Talent and the Mass Singer and whatever the whatever he was whatever he gets added on to host. Like him playing TJ Harper on goal two was just like the most confusing thing in the world. But oh my god, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, I, I literally just that. had to pull it up. Oh my gosh, I this completely skipped over all of my mentality or all of my mem- memories of this entire movie, and I need to go back and watch it now. I just want you guys to remember that Nick Cannon played T.J. Harper on goal two and scored a penalty <laughs> in the Champions League final. Wow! I don't even think you, Arsenal actually scored a goal blew, in the Champions Kelsey, League final. Yeah, I was like, you blew Kelsey's mind over here. I'm broken right now. Hold on. I'm, uh, <laughs> Legendary um, Arsenal player, Nick Cannon, wow. a.k.a. Yes. T.J. Harper. Take a deep breath. You got a, you got a paper bag? Take a deep breath, bro. Oh, I don't have a paper bag. I might need four. <laughs> Where's our Canada sponsorship at? <laughs> I forgot if this was before or after the song Gigolo. <laughs> was this Drumline 1 or Drumline 2, Nick Cannon? There we go. <laughs> we pull on his whole his whole like cinematography. Cin- <laughs> but yeah, fun fact. If you guys didn't know, Nick Cannon was on goal too. <laughs> Yeah, you threw you threw you threw Kelsey for a loop. Yeah. yeah so I'm, all right guys, so this I'm, I'm episode. Done for the day. So this episode, we're actually gonna start things off with first week overreactions, then we'll go into transfer talks. Um I'm going to have an interview with Stuart Kavanaugh. Obviously, he's been you know joining me to talk women's world cup. So we're gonna go ahead and look at the final that's coming up this weekend. Um obviously we'll tell you who's competing once we get to that part because the as does to give you guys a reference, they, the semifinals haven't happened yet, but uh, we'll be talking with Stewart about that. Um, and then obviously we already previewed last episode. We previewed La Liga, Liga, and and the English Premier League. Well, we're gonna preview the next two leagues in the Power Five, and that's the Bundesliga and Serie A, which I did not put Serie A, I put La Liga, but it is the Serie A. Um, <laughs> Kelsey and Edward were over here messing with me with my my poor typing. Um, announce our players of the yes. week. Give you guys some games to look forward to this coming weekend, and we'll do a three up three down. Continuing on with our series of the new as the new seasons are kicking off, and we'll be doing the Bundesliga jerseys. Obviously, Kelsey being a big lover of Germany, we had to do Wait, it. What? No, just jerseys. Calm down. Not just not Germany, but jerseys. Okay, jerseys <laughs> in general, but we're doing the Bundesliga. So, yeah, so big show. So we're going to take a break just so Kelsey can recollect his thoughts after getting his mind blown that Nick Cannon played T.J. Harper on goal, too. It's going to be a while. And we'll get back into the show. Let me tell you guys about Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports is the internet sports bar. Go ahead and check out their website, www.bellyupsports.com, to read some great articles from great writers all across the country, from hockey, baseball, golf, soccer, you name it. Belly Up Sports is the premier, not your average, website. And we're back. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InsertNameFC. Also check out Belly Up Sports at Belly Up Sports and at Belly Up Media on Instagram. I just I just said Twitter, didn't I? On Instagram and the X, because um, X. Oh give it to you. man, X and then formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, like that's that's I mean, what the uh, the rest I of the mean, sports the web- station just do X slash Twitter. So I'm gonna go with them. The website is still 
twitter.com by the way so not so are much you serious? Of a, yeah it's still mm-hmm. twitter.com i mean not so much of a genius are you there it's, elon well no no well, hold I'm on it's just sure. like no, it's that's... just like his, the way he spells his, his kid's name it's like a whole bunch of letters and numbers together but it actually makes like a real name it's the same thing it's just x but it's pronounced twitter <laughs> the guy really loves the he's obsessed with the letter x worked in he spacex <laughs> actually i think he owned spacex i think he yeah, owned spacex, owned SpaceX. So like he he just I think he's just obsessed with the letter X. His son is his yeah. child is actually called X. So yeah. Well, his first company was X. So the man's obsessed with the letter X. It I mean I mean, that's a cool letter to be obsessed with. I think I mean means a lot it just of things. Means ten. And I don't know. Like I don't know where you tried. Like it's extreme. like oh man, I'm ten. All right, yay. <laughs> like M. If now if you were impressed by M. That's a good one to be impressed by. That's a hundred. Um, a million. Yeah, okay, that's a fair point. All right, mm-hmm. so obviously the first week of English Premier League, La Liga, and Liga has happened. Any overreactions that you guys want to go ahead and put out there? Um, and then we'll look back at this and realize we're stupid. Hmm. Well, there we go first on this one. All right, Edward. I'm sure you're not going to say anything as bad as Timo Werner is going to score five goals. So nope, nope. Stay in my lane. Stay in my lane. So what's, what's your lane? What's your overreaction? Uh, hmm. Don't. All right, I'll I'll just start it off. I'll give it. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna just say this right now. It 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 might be a rough year for Ramos <laughs> if they don't get a striker. Like I mean, yeah, they managed to get a two nil victory. I'm not necessarily worried about the goalkeeper position. I think I actually think Lunin is is, is pretty serviceable, and especially with that back line. But obviously, Eder Militao's uh, ACL injuries also that sucks. You got two ACL injuries that happen early in the season. Like they're done. I mean, luckily the bright side, I guess you could say, is that they'll be back come next season but but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be rough without Thibaut Courtois and Militao do I think they need to go after another center back I I, not particularly because I mean you got you still got Rudiger you still got you still got uh Alaba you still have Nacho Fernandez so I may maybe maybe go and go after a loan for a player I think would probably be more realistic but as far as like Mm. uh that like the back line isn't what concerns me what really concerns me is like Seeing the attack, you can tell Vinicius Jr. is just not comfortable being more central. He likes being in the wing. He likes doing what he does with the ball on the wing. And and it was just very clear. Rodrigo, I think can, can he can – I mean, Rodrigo has played a little bit more central a few times. But, I mean, I think he wants to play in the wing as well. But I think you need to have at least a nine there. Like, nobody was, was in, in the box for those crosses. Nobody – just because th- these two guys are just not used to being there. So I know that they have Jose Lu. Maybe I just, I, I don't know if, if using that diamond formation is going to be something that's going to work for Real Madrid. Um, I think they need to stick with the four, three, three. It's what has worked for so many years for Ancelotti. So, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I mean, o- the obvious issue is the fact that they just don't have that starting nine and, and uh, nothing against Jose Lu. I think coming off the bench could be very beneficial, but, they need to go get themselves a nine. Um, I understand the whole thing with Mbappe is not happening. Um, maybe that maybe next summer, 
but they need to get go get themselves a nine, whether it's some, just to get somebody on loan or, you know, just bring somebody in that you know for sure can at least fill the void till you get Mbappe next year. Wow, that's faithful that you get Mbappe next year. Okay, that might be the hot take of this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting I'm getting teased by Mbappe, and I hate it. Um, but fair, we fair, we, we need a, we need we just need a nine now. Whether it's like just don't commit to Mbappe, but we need to go get a nine, like a for sure world class nine. I hear Roberto Firmino's out there. He's in Saudi Arabia. He's, he's yeah, you know, I was like he joined the plethora of people in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so. I don't know if, if it's Dusan Vlahovic. I think that there's like still maybe like a yeah, but kind of thing with Vlahovic. Um, makes me feel like kind of similar to, jo- uh, not Jokic, uh, Jovic. Mm. Uh, when when they went and got Jovic, like, is he a good nine? I mean, it's still up in the air, but it's a yeah, but kind of guy. Like Mbappe isn't a yeah, but it, Mbappe is like a for sure thing. So, Well, would you, would, you, would you be okay if Real Madrid goes for Vlahovic? I wouldn't be against it. I think he. I yeah, think, but. Yeah, but like I mean, he's not gonna be a. It's it's one. It's hard to replace Benzema. Like there, that's just gonna be super difficult to do. Like you can't. It's 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 one of those things that, it's gonna take a team effort to really like replace what what Benzema was able to do for Real Madrid. But like, it, yeah, there, it's gonna be some heavy shoes to like you know follow up. I mean, kind of same same thing that happened with Hazard. Like he just couldn't live up to be up to that level of Ronaldo. You know, Vinicius is. But, like, um, yeah, you just need to bring some type of quality nine. Like, Vlahovic, I wouldn't be against it by all means because I think that there's clearly a quality there. Uh, like, there's something that you could say has a lot of potential with him. Obviously, I'm going to say this player because I'm obsessed with him for some weird reason. I don't know. I'm, I think he's another one of my adopted sons, and that's obviously Tammy Abraham. Um, like, I would love to see him in Real Madrid. As a matter of fact, in my FIFA career modes, I have brought in Tammy Abraham to Real Madrid and he became and I got him the ball door so it's possible <laughs> so anything is possible uh but so yeah that's my overreaction I think Real Madrid, if Real Madrid really does want to do something this season they got to get themselves a nine interesting I, you know what that'll be I feel like that's fair okay uh, okay I, Edward you want this one or are you, are you want me to go I think you could go oh uh, right. you go all right, so uh, you're going for need a striker to uh, well, they have a striker. They have a couple of them actually. I'm gonna go Newcastle United. Not only defends their top four, but Alexander Isak will end up a top three in the Golden Boot in the Premier League. Ooh, damn! That's a, that's so a big one. double dip here. So they're gonna finish top four, go back Champions League, no matter mm-hmm. how they finish in the Champions League. But Alexander Isak will be. Uh, Potential golden boot winner. At least top three. I'm saying I, at least top three only because Erling Haaland's in that in that conversation. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, I was like, hmm. I think what I like about Isaac is kind of kind of like what I I'm, I was saying about Blahovich. Like he's steadily getting better. Like he is is Isaac is still one of those like, yeah, but nines, but the fact that he's still young and you're seeing him progress. Like no one expected him to do what he's doing with Newcastle. I think everyone was hoping the potential was there for him. But I mean, yeah, he he kind of went right into this role and is definitely, you know, taking full advantage of his opportunity right now with Newcastle. Um, I mean, they're they're so confident in him. They moved on from Woods. I mean, they let Woods go. I think he's over at Burnley now, uh, Burnley or uh, some 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 team that's in the like going to be probably in the lower table. Uh, But, you know, 
they moved it, they moved away from the guy that has EPL experience and went straight to this guy. I mean, he's he did really well at Real Sociedad. The question was, what was he going to do once he gets to that higher level? And I mean, he's showing it. Yeah, no, he's it's interesting because I mean, you bags a raise over the weekend, involved in a lot of the plays for Newcastle in that five-one victory. So it'll be fun to see uh, what what Newcastle can do. I mean, it's it's not far from thinking that oil money is coming to play here, and it's coming into play really really well for him. Mm-hmm. All right, Edward, you came up with a with an overreaction. Uh, no, this is a big overreaction. I'm pretty sure you guys are gonna be like the fuck. I guess I have a little bit of confidence in Barcelona this season, even though it's really, really hard to do so. Surprise. But I feel like, but I feel like, but I feel like Barcelona can actually make it to the final of the Champions League. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we said you couldn't. We said you couldn't be worse than the Timo Werner and five goals. I don't know if Hector's going to survive this, so Edward, you're going to have to take over his hosting roles on this one. Uh, I think he'll survive. He'll this be all right. This is worse than the Borussia Dortmund <laughs> Just saying, just saying. The team that has gone has like had to go down to the Europa League like twice now. Wait, did Bar- yeah, Barcelona went down to the Europa League, and they got eliminated by Manchester United. Yeah. Which sucks, but there's a little bit of faith in here. Like I didn't say they'll win it; I just said they'll probably make it to the final. Oof, somehow, man. some way, yeah. Somehow, some way. There's like, some hows and if it's, some, if it's, some some ways. If, if it's, if it's let's put it this way: if it's Man City again in the final versus Barcelona, I still say Man City will win. I'm not even going to hold back on that one. But I have a feeling that they can actually make it to the final. If it was Liverpool versus Barcelona, I'm still taking Liverpool. And Liverpool is not looking good this year. No, I was about to say, I was like, hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is a bit of a reach at work. But, I mean, I can see them get out of the group. I mean, depending what group they get put in. But I can see them getting out of the group. But I don't know about making it to the final. Well, we'll see. That's my overreaction. Well, I, mean, yeah, I mean, hey, it's, de- that is an over something. <laughs> All right. Well, that happened. Uh, Edward, thanks, Edward. I need. I really needed a good laugh. Um, there you go. All right. So transfer talks. So obviously, Andres Iniesta. Everybody was speculating that he was going to go and join Inter Barcelona. Um, and well, it didn't happen. He's actually going to go ahead and join. And I can't believe that this is actually a team name, Emirates Club FC. The name oh, they have yeah. the club in twice. So, um, if you guys don't, if you guys are probably wondering where the fuck is Emirates Club FC at, it is in Dubai. So Andres Iniesta decided to go against the grain. Still kind of similar, same region, but is going into the playing in the Middle East and playing in Dubai with a club called Emirates Club FC, Emirates Club Football I, Club. I honestly what? thought he was gonna end up going to Inter, man. I was so fucking really hoping for that shit. I mean, I guess in this case, like Emirates Club is one thing because it's like that is actually the the name of their I don't know uh, membership Spon- program. Like, and then the MLS sure. team names are bad. <laughs> oh yeah, I know this is this is, this is like this is up there with with like this is like in the the J League type of stuff, like where there's just like Toyota Honda FC. Like what what? 
your sponsors no, by it's, names now? It's, it's, yeah, I was going to say, it's like, it sounds like the... This is like, like the truly the Sunday, an insert name the FC. Sunday, the Sunday League teams, you know, when they were there like, hey, what name do you want to be? I want to be Nike FC. Like, I want to See, be, but I at least Nike that. FC, there's like, there's precedence. It's literally no, exactly, part of the brand, but like, but... Emirate Club Football Club. Uh, I'd love to be the announcer for that one. Cringe. That's the cringy one. I, you know what? That's just we're we're Emirates FC. Call it swell. Um, I'm actually uh, gonna skip over this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna just give you guys the update on Mbappe and Neymar. Uh, Mbappe is staying after all this drama that PSG has laid out. After Mbappe said that he wanted to, Mbappe literally told everybody what he wanted to do, which was he wanted to play. What his he wasn't gonna exercise his his third year option. He was just gonna go ahead and play the last year of his contract. And then test out free agency, and either he went to Real Madrid or anywhere else. But basically, he was going to go walk out and join any club for free. I mean, aside from having to pay a salary. But obviously, if you're PSG, you don't want that to happen because you want to at least get something out of Kylian Mbappe, um, and, and not you know letting him walk away and looking like a bunch of idiots. I mean, it's too late for that because you did that with Messi. Uh, yeah, you basically like, did it. With, well, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So Mbappe has made it clear. After all this drama, after all this, they try. They, I guess, they didn't really think about this logic, but they tried to sell him to Saudi Arabia. Uh, a club was right, offering him a lot of money, giving him a salary that's way ridiculous to the point. But Mbappe knew that he wasn't going to go there because, which I think in PSG, I guess, forgot that he have to, that he has to accept the contract which he didn't, so then now he's still in PSG. And then you had this whole battle between Real Madrid and PSG, which was clear that PSG did not want to sell Mbappe to Real Madrid. I don't care what anybody says. If they're, you know, if Real Madrid has been very compliant, trying to offer them whatever the hell they wanted, and they still kept saying, no, we're being hard asses. So then Real Madrid was like, all right, F it. This is not worth it. Like, it was clear that PSG just didn't want to make the deal with Real Madrid. Um, and I don't think any club besides Real Madrid, besides a team in Saudi Arabia, could even offer what, what PSG wanted. And, I mean, after all this, after giving him a $60 million loyalty bonus, which is hilarious, as I always say that, um, they just, that's it. They're going to let Mbappe do what he wanted to do, which was write out his last year of his contract. He's going to play. I mean, you have Kylian Mbappe. Why wouldn't you let him play? Um, I mean, he didn't play the previous game because obviously he hasn't been training with the team, but he, now he's back training with the team. He's most likely going to play the, this season with the PSG. And he's going to do exactly what he wanted to do from the beginning, which is do one last ride with PSG and then go off and seek a bond or glory. Um, which thanks for PSG for wasting all of our times with this. I say that every Champions League season. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Obviously, I'm more frustrated about it because obviously I want Mbappe to be in Real Madrid. I've been getting teased about Mbappe going to Real Madrid. And now I have another summer when I don't have Mbappe in Real Madrid. So, yes, I'm pissed. I mean, hey, you know, the heart wants what it wants. But uh, sometimes waiting is the better better remedy. Uh, I don't know. I think this is this is a good move, obviously, for Mbappe. This feels very much like uh, the situation that used to happen a lot with Dortmund to Bayern. Where you know Dortmund would like be trying to sell players, trying to sell players, but they're like, we're in the last year of our contract. We're just gonna wait. 
then we'll sign a free transfer in January with with Bayern at the end of the season. So, like, at the end of the season, they just transfer over to Bayern. Um, looking at Mario Goza as kind of the big prime example of that one. Rafael Guerrero and, for recently. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, you'd always have Dortmund being like, no, 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 that's not happening. Like, we're going to try to sell you, blah, blah, blah. Never would happen. They're just like, fine, whatever. It's going to happen. Let it happen. Like, Lewandowski was another one that did it. Um, so, this kind of feels like the same thing, except for this, it doesn't really make sense for PSG not to sell them. I just sold them to Real Madrid as soon as they're like, oh, what do you want? Uh, I want half of what, what Saudi Arabia was going to give them. All right, give us that. Like, you you already know Real Madrid have been like, okay, here you go. Like, happily. Here's yeah. that, our firstborn child. Like, our next, uh, you know, the, uh, the what, 12th uh, Champions League title. We'll just give it to you. It'll say to PSG from Real Madrid on it. Like, okay. Yep, as they're working, for their, working on their 15th. Um, but obviously... <laughs> PSG also losing another player, and that is Neymar, which Neymar also had got a lot of interest from MLS. Somehow MLS came into the discussion when it came to Mbappe and Neymar, which I find it very hilarious. Um, Apple money, my guy. That Apple, Apple money. money. That Apple money is very enticing, apparently. Uh, not that uh, not that enticing, apparently. But Mbappe and Neymar, uh, apparently MLS were prepared to set up some package deals to get try to get Kylian Mbappe and Neymar to join an MLS team. Obviously, everybody was like, Get him in New York, get him in LA, send him to Orlando, all that stuff. But uh obviously it didn't work out because uh Neymar, which I believe there was a Saudi club that was very much interested in Neymar, and actually we're gonna give Neymar what he wanted, which Neymar said that he would like to make a return to Barcelona. Obviously, Barcelona is allegedly broke. I say allegedly because I don't know how they're still making these transfers, but they are. Um, uh, but uh so they were actually gonna sign him the Neymar and I apparently they were going to be willing to send him to Barcelona on a loan which would alleviate a lot for Barcelona because I'm assuming that the Saudi club that's very well interested in, in Neymar would have been offering to pay his salary to play in Barcelona so that's a win-win for Edward I guess I don't know I don't know how it feels about Neymar but <laughs> um, hey you know whatever helps whatever helps the team though. but uh, I'm I'm assuming that that's not happening because now Neymar is going to all Hillal, which I believe is a transfer of over 160 million. Uh, but there's a lot of perks going into this one. That's why I don't think that the the loan to Barcelona is going to happen because it seems like he's getting a lot, a lot of a lot too much for him to be leaving. So, uh, yeah. Kelsey, you wanna you wanna share? Yeah, what yeah, yeah. He's he's getting a private plane to use at his disposal, uh, a huge house with staff, eighty thousand pounds. Uh, eighty thousand pound bonus for every all halal win. Uh, so U.S. wise, that's like what seventy five million, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere close to that. Uh, more importantly, five hundred thousand pounds for every post or story he puts on his social media that promotes Saudi Arabia. Uh, so yeah, one or two stories a month, you just made a million dollars a month extra on top of everything. Um, yep. Contracts worth about two hundred uh, between three hundred and four hundred million over two seasons so absolutely insane the number of the amount of money for Neymar we talked about this before I'm just like at that point in time you know everybody has their price you had me at about half of what you're just offering Neymar uh, and now you're gonna offer that to Neymar like I'll go play in Saudi Arabia for two years at this rate I don't like I'll look like a fool for Neymar to score on I don't care but if you're gonna offer me that kind of cheese call me a rat because I'm I'm taking it uh, so I'm a per- I'm prepared to be the American podcast for the Saudi League, uh, if there's yeah. an offer. Um, 
I mean, if if all I have to do is just uh just fluff up Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar for like a whole for a whole season, I think I can do it. Um, I'd sacrifice my soul for that. So I mean, I think Edward can. I think Edward can somehow say Cristiano Ronaldo is better than Messi, um, if the price is right. So I mean, if the price is right. So I mean, Saudi Arabia. I mean, you got two idiots. We 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 know the American market, and a third idiot. And a just third to use it just to use occasionally, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that's which I mean for PSG, I, I don't. I mean, they they still have the money. Obviously, they got they they kind of got their plan in case that this wasn't going to work out for them. Which is obviously they went and got Gonzalo Ramos. They went after Asensio. Um, I don't know who else is on the wing, but obviously you still have Mbappe for one more season. Oh, uh, Osman Dembele. I don't know why I forgot about Osman Dembele, but so I mean they're clearly preparing themselves for when you know these guys leave. Uh, but I mean it's it's up in the air. I I still imagine PSG will still be able to win uh, the league on also because of the fact that they have Luis Enrique as their coach. Uh, but it, it is definitely it's gonna be interesting at, at PSG this coming season. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. I, I mean I don't know the last time we hadn't seen. They talked. They talked about the end of the the Galacticos era. When was the last time we saw no Neymar, no Messi, no big name like that? Even Beckham, for some degree, like it was there. So I don't know. It's just it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. weird. All right. Uh, move, continuing on though, Kyle Walker, who is who has been linked all this summer with with Bayern Munich is actually staying put at Manchester City. I mean, he was given the captain's armband for Manchester City. So he has extended with Manchester City. I don't know for how much, but clearly he is staying put, being loyal to the club that he was transferred to from Tottenham. To be fair, if you saved me from Tottenham in that toilet bowl, I would be forever loyal. Um, Fair point. Especially at the time he was transferred away from Tottenham was the perfect time to leave Tottenham. Yeah. So, continuing on, sticking with the Premier League, Chelsea, who somehow still have have been very active uh, in these coming summer in these coming transfer windows, are very much interested in one Dusan Vlahovic. Um, which I mean, I I did hear some rumors that they are actually not planning on finding a replacement for Nkuko, but I mean, you still need to find some strikers. Uh, why not keep? making so it's crazy how Chelsea is well we'll talk you're gonna hear more about Chelsea here but it just it's interesting how Chelsea is still managing to to get players to join their club yes <laughs> like that's that's all there is to that one yeah yes it's I, I don't all the dysfunction all the things that have been said about Chelsea recently and, and over the last couple of years I mean it's been crazy and then now you're like all right, I'm going to keep bringing in players. Like, wait, how? Who wants to come and play for you at this point in time? Like, uh, I don't know. It kind of feels money. like Man United a few years ago. Yeah, well. <laughs> money. But, I mean, if they want money, there's all of the entire Saudi and, and Dubai leagues. Like, That's very true. Like, uh, hey, yep. That's where I'm going for my money. But, all right, continuing oh. on. Former Chelsea player Ross Barkley is returning to the Premier League as he joins Ludentown the newly promoted team in the Premier League. Good for him. Never been We're the same cool. after that major knee injury. Yeah. Actually, kind of a smart move from Ludentown, I'm not going to lie. Uh, 
get someone with English Premier League experience, especially because this team has zero Premier League experience. So, <laughs> so really cool. Yeah. Hopefully, like I said, Luton Town is going to be a fun team to keep an eye on this season. Just, just because this is their literally their first time ever in the Premier League, um, and it, you're just going to hear more. Last time Luton Town placed this team off the year was. Super, yes. super long time ago. So it's, it's just going to be longer than most of us have been alive. Yep. Uh, in big news, another another new like transfer rumor that we've been hearing since the beginning of this transfer period has been has been Harry Kane and Bayern Munich. Well, after just long and long, constant rising of the prices, pushing of the goalposts, Tottenham finally broke and are giving away their only Longtime player almost broke the English Premier League career goal scoring record, but he is now leaving Tottenham finally and going to Bayern Munich in hopes of finally winning a trophy. Might have to wait a little longer on that. <laughs> I stand by my previous statement about Tottenham. The whoever saved somebody from Tottenham, you have become their lord and savior. You uh, will be with you for the eternity of his legs movement. Um, no, Harry Kane, I think this is a good move for Harry, honestly. The Bayern needed a central striker. Obviously, last year with the rotating striker situation, that wasn't great. Uh, I think this is a situation where he can slide right in, and obviously, maybe not immediately, but I do think within the next, you know, three to six weeks, get him actually fully integrated. Uh, Harry Kane might be might be approaching some of the Lewandowski records that you saw with Bayern. Um, I know you say maybe they'll have to wait on a trophy, but he's at least going to win a league trophy this year. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. Well, well, we'll definitely spoiler share, alert. We'll definitely share our thoughts on that when we get to to our preview of of the Bundesliga. But continuing on, Frank Kessie uh, of Barcelona is leaving Barcelona and joining Al Ali. I'm sure Edward is is in deep depression now that uh, Barcelona let go of Frank Kessie. Oh uh, man, <laughs> man. I feel like he was never the same after leaving AC Milan, to be honest. Yeah, it wasn't even a good AC Milan period. So, I mean, yeah. It was a bright point of a really bad AC Milan team. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, hey, good for him. Go get that. Yeah, we just talked about it. Go get that Saudi money right while you can. Yeah. Um. So this is an American player. Doesn't get many. Doesn't get a lot of calls because he's been playing in these like really weird uh, European leagues. But did make. I think he was part of that. Uh, random call-ups uh, back in like 2020. I think he was playing against Bosnia. And uh, January Bosnia call-ups. Yeah, it, it was like that was like last time he played with the U.S. Men's National Team. But Emmanuel Sabi, he is now joining the newly promoted French team Le Havre. So good for him. He's actually a player that I used a lot in FIFA, and uh, usually performs very well for me so it so I, I was like i was like hey i know who that guy is <laughs> so yeah it's tough with him he's like he's one of those guys because he's always been really in those middling leagues so you talk about you know he's been playing what mostly in denmark yeah over the last couple of years like it's i don't know you, you kind of look at that and you're like all right well what what can he do we'll see and actually, the last season he played fully in the pros was 2021. Um, so, very interesting to see there. Uh, I don't know how he managed to get that trial and, and that signature for uh, Le Havre, but good for him. Yep. So, he is now there. 
Um, former Manchester United player Eric Bai is joining Bestika. Um, you know, obviously Manchester United trying to trim some fat there. Um, so they're sending Eric Bai over to Turkey. But also joining him in Turkey is our beloved legend Fred, who is going to Fenerbahce. Oh. <laughs> you know, Not the one guy I could count on to disappoint every Man United fan out there and make me happy. Don't worry, oh, don't worry you still got man. McTominay. That's fair. Good point. I have hope. Um, PSG is interested in uh, Eintracht Frankfurt player Kulo Muani. Honestly, that guy definitely needs. I don't know about PSG being that move for him. Uh, yeah, but he he definitely. I mean, Frankfurt. Frankfurt is one of those teams like, will they? Won't they? Finally, like, break that ceiling. But yeah, it, no, they won't. They won't. They've done this like 17,000 times and they just end up selling everybody before they get it. Mm-hmm. So no, just go ahead and get, get out while you can. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Moises kind of say though, after battles between Liverpool and Chelsea, um, it has been decided he chose Chelsea. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. That's all I so, got for that. A lot of money. Yeah, was we spent. Took, like how does Chelsea keep getting these guys? I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's been weird. Um, Kepa is joining Real Madrid on loan. He is essentially going to be, I don't know, I I, I want to say it's going to be a goalkeeping battle between him and Lunin, but I think Kepa still edges out over Lunin. So I think uh, Kepa is going to come in this season, basically be the starting goalkeeper, while you know obviously Thibaut Courtois recovers from his injury. Um, I mean Kepa is is actually a, a very well qualified goalkeeper. Um, obviously he's, he's been a meme in, in quite some time, but I think he still can be a solid goalkeeper. And I mean, with Real Madrid's back line, it's, it's not, it's not, I'm not saying he's coming into an easy situation. There's a lot of expectations coming into being a Real Madrid player, but I mean, if there's anybody that's available in the market besides, I mean, I don't know, David De Gea, who would be qualified to be a, go, uh, a solid goalkeeper in La Liga. I think Kepa is, is plenty qualified for it. Until his manager goes to sub him off for penalties and he yells at his manager and refuses to come off. I hope he doesn't because we're talking about Carlo Ancelotti and not... not uh, I hope he does. Was that Roberto Martinez? I think, yeah. Uh, no. Um, Scott or Roberto Martinez. He was a joke of a coach anyways. It's a guy that smoked, right? Yeah, I think so. He yeah, was bad. I- yeah, he was a bad. He was a bad manager. Like he, he didn't deserve to be managing a Chelsea at the time. Yeah, no. Okay, I mean, yeah, he's that's definitely no Ancelotti. Ancelotti, you know, you gotta respect Ancelotti. I don't care who. Ancelotti tells you something. I say yes, sir. How high? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Manchester United are actually interested in boosting that defense because I'm, 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 I, I don't, I, I keep seeing. I don't know. Will they? Won't they? But apparently, West Ham United wants Harry Maguire. Um, and also McTominay, which I mean, that's, it's, it's great that somebody wants these two, but, uh, but yeah, Manchester United, I'm guessing in hopes of getting rid of Harry Maguire are looking to bring in Ben Pavard from Bayern Munich, which I honestly think they both kind of need each other. Ben Pavard needs to be playing somewhere and Manchester United need anybody that's not named Harry Maguire. So... (laughs) I, I mean, think that this this is like one of those win wins for both for both sides, especially as someone that like me, I like Benjamin Pavard. I mean, yeah, it's Manchester United, but I would, and I mean, Bayern Munich is just he just hasn't 
Like, it's funny enough, he should have just stayed in Cologne. Like, yeah, I mean, like, or stayed in Italy when he was there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, Pavard is one of those weird, interesting cases where if he just stayed out wide as a as a wide defender, I don't think there's an issue getting him in playing, like, getting him somewhere. I don't like him as a central defender as much. Yeah. I really don't. Like, him as a central defender, and especially going to Man United, why? Like, there's already three central defenders there, not including Harry Maguire. Like, sending Harry Maguire out, you, okay, now you're down to three, but you're going to add one with Pavard. Will he slide outside for United? If he does that, then that's a different conversation. But, I mean, if he stays central as a defender, I, mm, I don't know. And he has the he has the skills with the ball at his feet to be able to play a CDM holding role. Like, I don't know. There's so many aspects with Pavard. I think he would be a good match for United in, in all seriousness. I just... Not I think the fact that back. he can play multiple positions could benefit Manchester United. Like, it, especially if, you know, if you, especially when you're, because I mean, with, with the English Premier League, obviously you have Leagues Cup, FA Cup, uh, Champions Everything. League for, for Manchester United this season. Like, it, you're not going to be able to have your same starting lineup every single week. So, so I mean, yeah, his, I think with his versatility, it is something that could definitely help Ten Hag. And I mean, you know, obviously Ten Hag with, a predecessor of Pep Guardiola. He likes his, he likes his options and he likes guys that are very versatile. that can play in multiple positions. So I definitely would say that, you know, Ben Pavar would be a huge boost for Manchester United. Um, I don't know what Howard thinks about that. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, truthfully speaking, Hector already knows how I feel about Maguire. Um, that's basically it. Like essentially honestly, anything like, better I'm than still, Maguire. I'm still I'm still waiting for them to be like, hey, Maguire, sorry, we're gonna have to cut you and sell you. Why do I want him? Apparently, Manchester oh, United wants him more because he's still there. I mean, that's it's, true. I'm still I'm still waiting on them to be like, you know what? Go for it, West Ham. Welcome. We're gonna go ahead and sell him to you. Give us a good amount of money, at least. You know, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll go for it. We'll go for it. But they're like, no, nah, man, he's our best striker. I mean, uh, defender. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah, scoring, scoring the, go, scoring shit. You know, yeah. Fuck, Onana was fucking. Hector <laughs> pointed out too, but Onana was going crazy. He was going fucking yelling at him and shit. I was like, hey, good shit, good shit. I was like, he needed that shit. I was like, fuck. Harry Maguire might so, be the greatest so, defender through so 60 minutes. Yeah, so Ben yeah, Pavard, Edward. <laughs> yeah, Ben Pavard takes mean, over is, is what we're hearing, Hector or Edward. Yes, yes. Okay, exactly. I mean, he's he but, is a World Cup winner. So. But no, Harry, Harry might be the best defender for like all of sixty minutes, and then after the sixty minute mark, it's like, all right, whatever can go wrong will go wrong, boys. Get no, no, ready, no, 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 no. It's not even. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. With Harry Maguire, you're right. Sixty minutes. The thing is, you don't know if the first 30 yeah, minutes are going to be the fuck-up or it's going to be the last 30 minutes. <laughs> you just don't know which 30 minutes it's going to be. There's going to be 60 minutes know. somewhere in there that he's going to be great and then 30 minutes of just awfulness from him. It could be It could be, It could could be. be a 30-minute one half being great and 30 minutes the other one and all of a sudden, like, the last 15, he's going to be like, yeah, just man. fucked up and shit, you know? Like, uh, maybe the first 15, he'll say, I'm bro, I just, he's just, I have no idea what's going on, but I just, oh my God. I don't know why they're so, I, I could understand why the player is faithful to the club, but I don't understand why the club is being so faithful to the player when the player hasn't really brought it. Because, I mean, like, mm. shit. I don't he's know. Also, he was. He's also English, and, you know, the EPL yeah. has that 
the English player rule. Um, yep. But continuing well, on, oh, damn, had- bro! Like they could, they could just get somebody from the fucking academy and shit. Be like, look, here's an English kid right here. We're gonna Fair use point. him. Fair point. Uh, Bournemouth is prepared to activate Tyler Adams's release clause. Um, if you guys remember, Chelsea was actually going to try to get Tyler Adams. Something happened during the physical um, where ty- the the deal ended up not happening, which. If you're an American fan, you have a huge few because it was basically, you know, obviously we don't want to have Vietnam flashbacks of what happened with Christian Pulisic. Uh, but, I mean, Bournemouth, yeah, it's a lower table team. It's not it, – he won't be in the championship. So, I mean, it, it's it, – he gets the opportunity to stay in the Premier League, and I think no one's against that I, that con, that idea at least, uh, especially a lot of people that – View Tyler Adams very highly. Obviously, his only real issue is just his injuries. Um, but, you know, when he's healthy, he's obviously a clear captain for the U.S. men's national team. So, I mean, if, if this Bournemouth, tra- Bournemouth transfer happens, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. Because, one, like I said, he he's, in, he's back in the Premier League. He's not going to be in, in the championship. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. This is – look, this is crucial. Tyler Adams wants to get back into the USA squad and get back to that captain team position. Um, because look, we saw we saw a lot of, a lot of great players. Not great, I shouldn't say great, but a lot of good players for the U.S. men's national team in these last couple call-ups that could play that position of Tyler Adams, and you actually get a solid back four. Um, so it's something with Tyler Adams, obviously, you know, with under under Greg, he likes to play that outside wing back that comes into an offensive player on the offensive side and then slides back to we I don't know whatever. Anyways, um, I think if you get Tyler Adams, you, you need to be playing in Premier League ball. I, I don't think there's any question. Bournemouth is perfect. I don't think you need to make that Chelsea move. Uh, even like maybe not yet. Like if Chelsea comes calling next year after you have a good year and you're healthy all year, absolutely take that. But right now, this is a good fit. Absolutely perfect fit for them. And hey, if you can keep Bournemouth up, congratulations. You can. You're gonna probably be on the move again next year. Yeah. All right. Uh, back in Chelsea, they have stolen another player from Liverpool, and that is Romeo Lafia from Southampton. Um, how dare our feeder club? How dare our feeder club give another player to the other team? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, what, was, what was your What was your reaction? I was no. My reaction was I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear Kelsey because he literally as soon as you said that he just he took that deep ass sigh. He was. <sighs> and I was hey, like, you, got you got McAllister. You got yeah, yeah. but the disrespect from our feeder club. How dare they? They will only be getting one transfer next year from us. They will have to figure out someone else to pay their stupid fees for all their players. I'm just kidding. Please, Liverpool, keep taking from Southampton. It's worked in the past. It'll keep working. <laughs> just keep doing it. <laughs> all right. And to close out with transfers, uh, Bayern Munich is seeking David De Gea. Obviously, Manuel Neuer still, still out with injury. Um you know, Jan Sommer is no longer with uh, Bayern Munich. So, I mean, at this, I mean, they were trying to get Kappa, which, I mean, I still wasn't. David De Gea is free, sort of. Yeah. But, like, all you have pay to do is salary. Pay, pay his salary and that's it. I, I mean, I honestly, like, I'm not, nothing against, nothing against Kappa. I'm happy that Kappa's with Real Madrid. I would have much preferred getting David De Gea. But I think in reality, in all senses, obviously, once Thibaut Courtois gets healthy, you know, then you're in that awkward moment where it's like, uh, Tebow, or do we get David? 
you know, and then Luna's just standing there. So, I mean, with Kepa, it makes more sense for Real Madrid to get Kepa because obviously he's not here. He's not here for a long time. Like he's only here for, for, for one season and then he's back at Chelsea. Whereas, you know, David De Gea, if you're going to get him, you, he should be a, a starting, a starting goalkeeper, which is kind of hard to say, especially when you have another world-class goalkeeper in Courtois. But I mean, for Bayern Munich, this could really solve a lot of things for them is getting David De Gea. Cause I mean, we saw what happened. <laughs> we saw what happened in that super cup um, for sure. But yeah, Bayern Munich is going to try their best to get David. De- At this point, they need a goalkeeper. You've been hearing nothing but rumors about them going after goalkeepers and they have yet to have accomplished it, which is crazy to think because this is Bayern Munich. I'm available, Bayern. You can come after me. I'm half the price of David De Gea, and I have no problem giving the reins back to Manuel Neuer when it comes time. Um, no, I think that <laughs> this, is, this, this is honestly one with De Gea. You're just kind of like, all right, well, just if De Gea could accept the fact that he is, what, 34, 35 right now, I believe. Um, he's at that stage of his career where, okay, you one, two good years, those Petr Cech years at Arsenal type of years. Like, just just give it what you can until Manuel Neuer comes back. It's okay. It's acceptable. All the greats do it. Like, just, just accept that. If he can do that, then I think Byron, it's a good pickup for him. Um, but, yeah, it is it is questionable why David Gea keeps sitting out there as a free transfer, and you're just like, sometime soon, guys. Just somebody, somebody pay the man's salary, and he'll be there. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything to add about David Gea before we 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 wrap this segment off, Edward? Um, I mean, the Jazz, the Jazz, a good uh, a good goalkeeper. I mean, shit. Honestly, I feel like this is basically telling Manuel Neuer, "Hey, man, you could take the backseat for a while. Mm-hmm. He's got this." Yeah, like. Because it's for one, he's a little bit younger. He's uh, he's seasoned. He's 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 a world class goalkeeper, and so I mean, it's kind of like maybe in the back in the woodwork, they're probably renegotiating Manuel Neuer's contract, and they're trying to put him as a instead of being like the number one goalkeeper, they'll be like, you know what, we'll use you maybe for the Polka Cup, or maybe we'll use you here and there in the in the matches. But the main guy's gonna be the yeah. But we'll still give you this amount of money. It's not going to be as much, but you know we're trying to get you ready for your retirement kind of shit. You know what I mean? It is crazy thing right. that we are talking about that. Manuel Neuer is kind of near the tail end of his career. Um, Both of them, honestly, I mean, De Gea and Neuer. Bro, but that's the thing though. De Gea is still younger but than Neuer. Neuer has been what? having has injuries, and Neuer has been coming on a lot more recently. David De Gea, I mean, he's still playing at a top level. Um, which I mean, goalkeeper, goal. I mean, he definitely wasn't the reason why Manchester United had struggles. It was definitely yeah. one Harry Maguire, Harry Maguire that was. It was the wrong hair. It was it was the wrong Harry that Manchester United had? Which is funny because they were Harry also Potter. linked to Harry Kane. <laughs> I mean, no, but I'm saying like we probably should have had Harry Potter. He put up he would have scored goals with his fucking stick. Um, I mean, he he was known for catching snitches, um, but. Not not those snitches, but snitches get stitches. What? Sorry, right, I'm done. <laughs> He's hung out with too many sharp stuff people now. Um, <laughs> you guys won't get that if you're not from Houston. Um, but yeah, so that is transfers. So we're gonna go ahead and segue over to the Women's World Cup uh, final preview with Stuart Kavanaugh. 
So we'll go right into that right now. All right, we're back. Uh, here we are. The FIFA Women's World Cup final. We're finally here. It's going to be this weekend. Really can't wait. I'm actually going to try my best to wake up at 5 in the morning and watch this one. Uh, most of, I, I keep saying I'm going to do it, and then I wake up, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's 8 o'clock. Um, so my bad. Uh, but I, I bet it's the World Cup final. But obviously, we're talking about the Women's World Cup final. World Cup. Um, we've been bringing this person every every single time we're talking about Women's World Cup. So why wouldn't we bring him in for the final? Unless I wanted to be a dick. But that's of course, great friend of the show, Stuart Kavanaugh. I mean, a man that's wearing multiple hats of what he's been doing, but has been doing a lot of writing. Uh, Edge of the Crowd uh, is one of the websites that you that you do stuff with. Um, has a women's world cup, well, uh, an Australian World Cup podcast that's covering the women's game. But of course, let me just talk. Let, let the our favorite Australian talk, and that is of course Mr. Stuart Kavanaugh. G'day, Hector. How are you, mate? Great. <laughs> yeah, the 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 women's World Cup. We were just talking off mic before. It's been a it's been an interesting week for me. It started off, you know, at dizzying heights and. Uh, Pretty freshly, it's uh, it's a it's a pretty bad low at the moment. Of course, with the Matildas getting uh, knocked out last night by the bloody English, um, it was uh, it, so. I guess where do you want to start things, Ben? Um, so before we get going with our talk for the uh, Women's World Cup, it is brought to you by Canadips. Canadips is a great tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. It comes in five core flavors, and that is wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice, all crafted and manufactured in Humboldt County, California, the heart of the cannabis industry. I'm going to tell you guys from personal experience, man, I used to dip back when I was in the Marine Corps. It is a disgusting habit. It, it It's not appealing. By all means, it's not. And, you know, especially if it's your first time, you're going to puke. You're going to puke nine times out of 100. Okay, that's a terrible uh, ratio. Nine times, ten times out of ten, you're gonna puke. Uh, it's early. It's early. To, it's early for me, but uh, not as early as for for Stuart right now. But like I said, it, it is a disgusting habit. Um, if you do dip too much at one point, uh, you gotta start replacing that skin from your mouth. So it it is honestly just a terrible, terrible addiction, and and you probably should move on from it. But cannabis is so much different because it is very natural. It, and it absorbs rapidly and it delivers CBD through the mouth that no one else has. So you can actually enjoy it. Check out CannadipCBD.com. Use the code BELLYUP20. Save yourself 20% off your purchase. Thank you again, Candidates, for being the presenting partner of this discussion for the Women's World Cup. But before we talk about the Women's World Cup itself, uh, obviously, this is the newly expanded Women's World Cup. You know, 32 mm-hmm. teams. How do you feel the difference was from this format to the previous Women's World Cups? Oh, I think the uh, I think the evidence is in the results, right? Um, I think the gap has definitely closed, and I think expanding the Women's World Cup has definitely helped that. It's uh, caused FAs in some cases, not in all cases, but um, caused FAs to invest more. Um, there's more of a uh, prize at the end of the uh, at the end of the tournament, I suppose. If you can get to the finals, if you can knock off a big team, get to the round of 16, you know, that purse, that prize money increases more. So, you know, there's 
you know, to varying effects, there's been there's been good effects on uh, on the on the so-called smaller nations. It's definitely been entertaining. Um, you know, the one word that seems to be synonymous with this World Cup is unpredictable. Um, and it's and it's just been a lot of fun to watch. I think the men's World Cup has probably gone the wrong way with uh, putting more teams in in the next men's World Cup. So I hope the women's World Cup sticks at this uh, this sweet spot of thirty two teams. It's just been fantastic to watch. No, yeah, I, I honestly think that the competition has gotten significantly better, um, and I think that's what I think that's the great part of having more teams into it. Like th- there's going to be more clear mismatches. Um, the strategy does get put a little bit more uh, meticulous when you when you have more different play styles and and like you said, better investment from from the FAs to come into mm-hmm. to better this product. Um, I, I always go back to when Marta had her her farewell farewell press conference because obviously she she announced her retirement from from the international game and I believe she will be retiring at the end of the season with Orlando as well. Uh, but you know, just her her whole thing about where it's where it was when she started playing where there was no coverage the i don't i'm not entirely sure if she mentioned the prize money but obviously there was just little little to no coverage of the game no one really knew the names all that stuff um she's talked about it but obviously now where it is now obviously now you're having these these full coverages you know you know fox for mm-hmm. for america uh you know props to lexi lawless melissa ortiz and and everybody else, I'm just drawing blank blanks on names right now. But you know, just great coverage throughout the tournament uh, for this. And I think, um, yeah, uh, the the game has definitely evolved for the women's side tremendously. And and it's great. I think. And because of that, now you have new names arising. Now you know, uh, I love mm-hmm. that that picture. You, I mean, we've all seen the picture, the Master Splinter with the Ninja Turtles, which, which everyone likes to now put like an OG soccer player with a bunch of promising players. But like. <laughs> the fact that they did it for Marta, like where now she's, you know, walking out and it's like Ari Borges and 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 all the other new exciting Brazilian talent that has come in, like she's leaving the game better than how she found it. And and I think that's like probably an amazing way to to describe how the expanded women's world cup is now. It's like from where it started to now where it is, it is in such a better place. And I think it's gonna be exciting for what the future of the women's world cup is going to be for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with everything you said there. I mean, I guess the best way I can put it is in the United States, you guys have a pretty good setup for women's football. They're treated like stars. They're paid equitably now, Um, you know, you know, but they're, but they're household names, man. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing has happened to not just the 11 that started the majority of the Matildas games, but the entire squad is uh, their, their household names over here now. I'm sure it's the same in New Zealand. Um, and I guess a testament to the expanded World Cup. Um, I know we're jumping forwards a little bit here, but Spain has qualified for the final, right? Um, mm-hmm. Spain, a powerhouse in the men's game, not so much in the women's game. It's only the third time they've qualified for a world cup and before this world cup they'd never won a knockout fixture and 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 now they're in a final so you know um there's so much upside i don't i don't really see any any downside i mean even the the you know blowout results they they were sort of kept to a minimum in this tournament there was no 13 nils or or anything Mm -hmm. ridiculous like that you know um most teams were competitive 
competitive. I don't. I watch. I watched a lot of football, Hector, much like yourself, I'm sure. But uh, particularly during this World Cup, I've watched a lot of football, and you know, I haven't watched one team where I thought, geez, they probably shouldn't be playing at this tournament. You know, everyone can hang, and then everyone can, uh, you know, really emphasize their strengths and 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 have good periods on the ball and look threatening and stuff. And uh, it's fantastic. I think women's football, you know. In Australia, if we can take the ball and sort of run with it, um, that'd be fantastic. And if we could do that globally, I think women's football is in a fantastic place right now. Yeah, I think as you, uh, you know, you're talking about Spain, it, a team that, like, honestly, um, I didn't know a little, I didn't know much about uh, until I watched the Euros. The the Euros where I really got very familiar with Spain, and I was like, God, man, this team's good. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, and, and yeah. so. And so, you know, me and Edward, we were both like, man, look at Spain. And, um, yeah, I think amazing, you know, amazing turnaround. Kind of, And I believe there was some issues going on with their federation. Uh, kind of like there's some controversy going on there as well right now. But, uh, but I mean, way to stick it to them, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, here we are now, the knockout rounds. But before we talk about the knockout rounds, uh, I mean, obviously, we got to talk about the U.S. women's national team, um, mm-hmm. you know just falling apart in 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 a game that honestly statistically they did dominate um yeah, they, <laughs> they yeah, did they dominate really the did. game yeah. uh but i think sweden sweden the same things i say about the men's national team i can say exactly the same thing about the women's team they're just well structured well organized um can definitely beat you defensively also can take over on the, on the attack as well but i mm-hmm. i think that you know the us Kind of one of their issues for their their honestly demise that was going to happen was they came in way too cocky into this thing. They thought that they were mm-hmm. going to win this all, just straight out. I mean, literally their whole promotion for the Women's World Cup was, you know, we're here to you know we're here to win this thing. Who's going to beat us? And it's just like they came in too cocky. They their group stage was very lackluster. Even their three 0 victory against Vietnam was not even a, a very confident three 0 victory. Um, mm-hmm. Had to, you know, had to escape with a goal. Had to get a goal to just get a tie against the Netherlands, uh, and couldn't even get a goal against Portugal. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the U.S. Women's National Team, they, I feel like they underperformed drastically. And I think you can also say it's a testament to the fact that the tournament's gotten better. Yeah, they were in a really hard group. They had the Netherlands and the port and the Portuguese to play against. And, and mm-hmm. I think that they were in, the competition's gotten better, which is great things to hear. Like it's not going to be. There's parity. There's competition. Like it's not always going to be the same team winning it year after year after year. Uh, you yeah. know, it is now. No, this is literally anybody's game. Also, the women's national team. I don't know if Greg Berhalter started coaching them or something, but definitely <laughs> looked like Berhalter ball a little bit to me. But yeah, the confidence wasn't there. Um, some people were were saying that you know maybe if of a if a Mallory Pugh was was available, maybe that team looks a little bit differently. But I think at the end of the day, you can't make the excuse that the end, you still have to go out and perform. And that's the one thing that the women's national team didn't do. Did they get criticized? Plenty of times. I mean, Carly Lloyd, um, you know, hit it on the head. Like, you shouldn't be getting – yes, and in, 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 in be proud of those of the, of the small victories, but get back to work. And I, I think at the end of it all, they didn't do that part. They didn't go back to work. They didn't go back to the drawing board. They're just like, hey, we're USA. This is our This is our tournament. And you went up against a really tough opponent in Sweden and you couldn't, you had plenty of opportunities to score goals, but you just couldn't finish it at the end. 
and that's why you got out in the round of 16. Yeah, the United States, I, I completely agree with you. They drastically underperformed uh, at this World Cup. They were disappointing. A couple of points to things that you said, though. Um, the United States just thinking they're going to win the tournament. I mean, that's been a characteristic of the women's national team since the inception of the World Cup. And, you know, it, it's a big reason why people either love them or hate them. So, you know, they, they come to this tournament with the same attitude and uh, unfortunately it didn't work out for them. They were very poor in the group stage. I was very surprised even on that in that first game when they sounds stupid to say, but they, they only won 3-0 against Vietnam. I, that's when uh, my radar sort of flicked up and thought, well, maybe there's something not right here. Um, they went, But the way they went out in the round of 16, now we've both confirmed that they dominated that game. They were the better team across the two hours. Sometimes, and I go back to what I said just before, you and I have watched a lot of football, Hector. Sometimes you just need a little bit of luck you know, and uh, they just didn't have the luck on their side. And the penalty shootout, um, I mean, one millimetre. I know millimetres are difficult for Americans to get their head around, but uh, one millimetre. How <laughs> dare you use the metric system to me? <laughs> like, um, it, it, it was really close. It was really fine margins. And I, and I do agree uh, with you. Uh, I think it speaks to, you know, the strength of the competition. People have got better. They did get a very difficult draw. I mean, Sweden are, are no slouches. They're number three in the world. Um, you know, I, I, I think maybe the issue with the United States women's national team at this tournament was they had a lot of super experienced players. And they had a lot of young players, but they didn't have a lot of players to sort of bridge that gap. And I think in four years' time, the squad will be stronger for that because these young players will be four years older. Obviously, they'll have this experience of uh, having a poor World Cup and the next generation that's coming through that's going to get selected. I think um, I think they'll be stronger. But I, th I think that's probably, if we go back to the selection of the squad, you know, they had their super experienced, legendary players that are known, you know, all over the world. And then you've got the younger players that were coming through first World Cup, maybe even second World Cup that, uh, you know, just had too It was too big of a bridge to gap. And I think that's probably the essence of uh, the United States surprise elimination from the uh, Women's World Cup at the round of 16. No, yeah, it's, it's honestly, that's what it is. But you know what? That's it for the women's national team. They got they, they you know they got eliminated, so we should just move on from them, just like they got eliminated. <laughs> um, because obviously, this isn't about them. This is now about the two that have that have risen from the from the cream of the crop, and that mm -hmm. is, of course, uh, Spain and England. So before we talk about England, because there's a lot to talk about with England for you, um, <laughs> let's go look at Spain. I like I said, mm -hmm. kind of. Kind of what uh what uh Stuart was talking about, um Spain really caught the eyes of me and Edward, um Edward you might bonk him a little bit but I'm not entirely sure he was actually really impressed by their play as well but, uh but also Edward is Edward but um <laughs> uh, I think also with me when I saw Spain in the Euro I was like wow this team is really good I'm you know and, and you kind of sometimes you need a little luck to win win these knockout matches and you know for them and their and their elimination when the game they got eliminated in they just didn't have the luck on their side for that for that uh for mm -hmm. that game uh, in the euro but they clearly learned from it and they applied into it into this world cup uh pretty solid performance to i mean even as coming in as a runner up 
They still came in and they, they took on their competition head on. They beat Switzerland. They beat the Dutch. That was honestly a really good game uh, competitively. Mm -hmm. And then if you're like a pure technical fan of the game, like just you like watch solid play of the ball, Sweden and Spain was probably the game for you. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, big challenge for them. Obviously, you're talking about the number, the, the third ranked country in all of women's football. Um, and Spain goes in and wins the game and they get their ticket to the final. And like yeah, you said, it was what their third World Cup appearance. Yeah, it was one of those games where it was a real war of attrition for 75, 80 minutes. Uh, Spain got the breakthrough. Um, Sweden came back and, and equalised. And uh, my housemate, who's actually a, uh, a co-host on the uh, Australian World Cup podcast, he sort of adopted Sweden as his second team. And uh, he was uh, he was up and about in the living room when uh, when Sweden equalised, and I thought, oh, here we go, we're going extra time again. But then the 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 goal, um, I just got to find the girl's name. I, I can't remember. Uh, Olga Carmona scored a goal, only a second goal in her uh, career. Both of them scored at this tournament in her international career, I should add, and it was just. It was a thing of beauty. She was on the left-hand side, just outside the 18-yard box, and she just had a pop and uh, beat the Swedish goalkeeper, who has been an absolute brick wall at this competition. And uh, it, it was just a fascinating game. So it was a war of attrition for 75, 80 minutes, and then the last 10, 15, maybe even 20, I can't remember how much added time there was in this one, was just uh, was just hectic. It was, uh, it was incredible to watch and, and definitely had you on the edge of your seat. I think Spain are... A, really really strong team and i think the uh the tactical battle against england is going to be fascinating um coming up this this saturday sunday friday for you guys saturday. it'll be saturday saturday friday. saturday for you guys oh sunday never mind sunday us. sunday i'm looking oh, at sunday. it now. yeah sunday sunday for us i'll tell you this podcasting gig is difficult when you're on the other side of the world from each other isn't it hector oh man <laughs> you gotta say but obviously we're going to the other side and we're going to look at england a team that actually came in with a lot of question marks, especially the way they were performing in their friendlies. Uh, and obviously, you know, <laughs> there was some concerns from Stewart. Uh, they win their group and then they, they go into, uh, they go, they go in and beat Nigeria in penalties. Uh, there was a there was a, a very controversial red card that happened there with, uh, with James, a player that you highlighted last time we yeah. talked. Uh, <laughs> I gave her the kiss of death. <laughs> but obviously uh very competitive game nigeria props to them just what a performance from them uh but obviously they go to penalties and at that point it's anybody's game and england you know goes ahead and wins it in penalties then they go up against colombia uh colombia has i feel I don't, I don't know about you but i felt like they were my darlings for this tournament they they have just they they won me over just banger of a goal banger and bangers of goals but just a yeah. great story all all around with, with Colombia, but you know, I feel like I've seen England and Colombia face off against each other, not just in in the women's game, but also in in the men's World Cup. It's been it's Absolutely, been a matchup. Yeah, it's always, <laughs> it always seems to happen. It, I don't know why, but it happens. Colombia and England, but uh, England yep. continues to continue to do the thing. Also, you got to mention England, just a very solid team all around. 
uh, as well. Superstars all over the pitch for England. Um, they're just a world-class team. If I could just jump in and say about Colombia, there's always one team at a World Cup that sort of comes from nowhere and has a star player. I think Colombia even did it with uh, maybe the 2010 World Cup in South Africa with James Rodriguez. James Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he Like his club career probably hasn't hasn't done what he wanted it to, but at that World Cup, he was the man. And it, it, it's a little bit similar with uh, Linda Carcedo as well. Um, you know, Colombia definitely surprised packets at this tournament. I love watching them play. I thought they maybe crossed the line once or twice with their physicality, but that was just part of how they were playing the game, you know, not just the England game, but the entire tournament. And uh, they've got some they've got some star players there and they're, they're definitely one to watch, that's for sure. Yep, and now we get to the semifinal, which I'm sure this is why he was kind of stalling. Um, <laughs> um, as they go up against Australia, they beat them three one. Um, yeah, that happened in front in front of us in their in their home in their home crowd in Australia. Uh, Jay, you know, I it think was rough, this, man. I, I bet, I bet, and I, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you take over at this point. <laughs> Yeah, listen, um, it, it was very evident from kickoff that this was a game that England was uh, pretty keen to win. I mean, you don't need any more motivation when you get to a World Cup semi-final, but uh, we knocked them off and, and broke their 30-game winning streak back in April, I think, and uh, it seemed pretty clear that they were pretty hungry for revenge. They bossed the ball. They were the better team. Um they got an early goal through Ella Toon. It was it was a beautiful shot. Um, sucked the life out of the stadium and all the, you know, the watch parties and every pub and every bar in Australia. You know, you you sort of felt that energy come like disappear. I suppose you'd say. Then uh, Sam Kerr just Sam Kerr and and probably scored goal of the tournament to equalise. It was uh, I'm using this phrase too much, but it was a thing of beauty. Um, I was actually annoyed when I seen that she took the shot because uh, I think it was um, Caitlin Ford was uh, was running through and she was free. I thought that's an easy goal for her. But Sam Kerr took the shot from about 30 yards out and uh, just smashed it past Mary Earps. And we were up and about again for a little while, but then, uh, you know, just a couple of defensive mistakes, uh, a beautiful no-look pass from Lauren Hemp for the third goal. Um you know, uh, I, I was talking with some mates at the end of the game and prior to the game, all the talk was about Sam Kerr, whether she was going to play or not. And then she did get named and that was, everybody was buzzing about that. But sort of in the background, you know, uh, one of our central defenders, Alana Kennedy, didn't make the game. Uh, a little bit strange, actually. They, she's listed as having an illness, did not even go to the stadium. Um, and I think that ended up being a decisive factor for us because... For the first time in the entire tournament, even when we lost to Nigeria 3-1, our defence didn't look as shaky. And, you know, when you go in with a shaky defence against a team like England, European champions, some of the best players in the world on their team, um, you know, you're always going to lose. And uh, despite the loss, um, still a lot to be proud of from the Matildas. I thought they were fantastic. Um, what they've done for the game here in Australia not just the women's game, but the but the men's game, and and you know just just football in general here in Australia is phenomenal, and uh, hopefully we can build on that. And we've still got one game to go. We've got a third place playoff uh, against Sweden, and uh, probably going to be the uh, most well attended third place playoff in the history of the World Cup, I would say. So 
Looking forward to that one. Obviously disappointing not to be in the final, but uh, definitely sets up a tasty matchup between England and Spain. Yeah, and I mean, we just got to go right into it. You know, Spain, like I said, uh, for me, definitely what's what's wild me about Spain has definitely been their technical ability. Uh, and that that's just my opinion on, on that about Spain. But for for England, like you said, just loads and loads of names all throughout that team. Uh, but I mean, for you, for you, uh, England, for you, uh, England, for you, Stuart, um, what does each team have to like, that would have them give themselves the edge against each other? Um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with Spain's technical ability. Um, I think England has the pedigree in terms of personnel though. I think they've got players on the bench that would likely start the 27, 28 of the other nations at the World Cup. Um, I think uh, Jennifer Hermoso, um, she probably deserves to win a World Cup. She's just been a superstar in the club game and now she gets to sort of do her thing on the international stage. That would be crazy. Um, now, I might mess this name up, Hector. I might need your help with this one. Uh, Salma pa- Paloelo, you the 18-year-old that scored the opening goal for Spain um, in the semifinal. She also scored in the quarterfinal. Um, she is just a, a, an excitement machine. And I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of torn because Australia sucked in men's soccer for, for most of my life. So I always went for England because that was the league that I followed and stuff, you know. Um, so I've, I've got a foot in the England camp, but I'm dirty on them because they knocked the Matildas out in the semifinals. And uh, I really like this Spain team. Uh, we talked about the United States not having those bridging players, you know, that are 27, 28 years old, just in the peak of their career. I think Spain has a perfectly blended squad and that, you know, superior technical ability. It's going to be a hell of a match. Um, are you asking me for a prediction, Hector? Yeah, I mean, well, before we get to those predictions, man, uh, right now for win probability, it, it actually is 37% towards Spain. Uh, right, right now, the other thirty, the, and then 33% percent England. The other thirty percent is going towards extra time, which that's a it's an interesting one to go to. But um, for me, I think I'm just gonna <laughs> obviously being someone that come, that that has that has heritage towards Spain. Um, mm-hmm. now I don't know how how close I am. I mean, I'm I'm pretty white, so I'm assuming that I'm <laughs> I got more Spanish than me than, than anything else from El Salvador, but. Uh, like I said, I, when I watched Spain from the Euros, and I mean e- England as well. I mean, you know, when I saw them in the Euros and they were able to win it, uh, I believe, I believe uh, Gary Neville is still, or no, Phil Neville. Phil Neville, yeah. Phil Neville. He was the. Uh, no, I think Sarah Weigman was their coach when they won the Euros, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I I could be wrong. I think Phil Neville got the boot. Sarah. Sorry to interrupt you here, though. Uh, Sarah Weigman is uh, just incredible. You know, she's uh, she's she's just a serial winner. She's a specialist at tournament football. This is her fourth major tournament um, in the dugout at a at a final, whether it be a Euros or a World Cup. I think she's going to be a massive X factor for England. So sorry to interrupt, mate. I just want to no, put no, that good. in there. Yeah, make sure you correct me on that one. Um, <laughs> No, but yeah, I think I think what what England has, but you know, also a lot of build up from this. I mean, you you won the Euro, um, and then there's 
there's at least a spotlight for you in this tournament because of that. You you do you do make it to the Euro. You, you know, you won the whole thing in the Euro. You know, you you bring faith back in England. Uh, mm-hmm. Can't say that can't that, can't say that so much for the men's team, but you know <laughs> the women's team. Like I said, they they did really well in the in the Euro. A lot of people are wondering. So how does how does England respond after doing that in the World Cup, the newly expanded World Cup? Um, and yeah, they they made it right right back into the final for this one as well. Um, and it's funny though because I mean, kind of reminds me of Spain, <laughs> the the men's team, <laughs> the, the, the men's Spanish team. You know, they won the Euro, then win the World Cup. Maybe they'll win the next. They'll, they'll win the next Euro. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that's also a really important feature is a team that can handle the pressure of going deep in these tournaments. I mean, the last world cup, the England, England's women's team had a pretty good run until, you know, they met USA. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think, I think that that experience is definitely going to be a benefactor for them, especially against Spain. That's, this is still new. This, yep. is, it, this is still fairly new to them. Um, they do have experience. I mean, most of them are from that very dominant Barcelona team, um, <laughs> but uh, you, you know that that experience could be helpful. But I mean, if I want a team that I know is going to be able to handle the job, I know that Lucy Bronze, I know Rachel da- Rachel Daly has a special place in my heart because she played for the Houston Dash. But uh, <laughs> um, but like names like that, like they're going to come in and, and they know what to do. Um, and as much as I love Spain's technical ability, man, I always am going to go towards someone that just has the, the experience for me. Um, so I guess in, in, in a long sense, I'm going with, with England to win win the World Cup. Yeah, um, I think I sort of echo your sentiments about being able to handle the pressure, like you mentioned, and it must have been tough for you to say, mate. Uh, a lot of those Spain players do play for that dominant Barcelona side, um, you know. Um, but you know, even the Champions League in club football, international football, particularly World Cups, is another step up um, in terms of pressure. Uh, I just wanted to touch on Rachel Daly, right? This is how good the England team is. She is the uh, leading goal scorer in the WSL for Aston Villa last season. She's playing left back for this England team and Mm -hmm. uh, still playing phenomenal football. Um, Great player. Uh, This is all to say I completely agree with you, not only um, for all the reasons that you listed, but it does seem like just a natural progression. They've made three semifinals in a row now. This is the first one that they've won. They've got the experience of winning a major tournament um, just last year with the Euros. I think that sort of holds them in good stead. I don't think they'll blow Spain out of the water or anything like that. I think it'll be a close game. And to be fair, a Spain win wouldn't shock me, but uh, I think I think this is England's World Cup to lose. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. I think it, it's been it's written in the sand. That's what they want. Um, mm-hmm. So probably in, in that red sand over there in Australia as well. Uh, so <laughs> I'll tell you what, they don't have many fans over here at the moment. They're uh, public enemy number one, I think. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I believe that <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk in the buildup to this uh, in the cricket. We had the ashes and we won the ashes against the palms in the netball world cup. We beat the palms in the final of that. And we thought this is it. This is the hat trick. It's going to happen. But uh, unfortunately, the English got their revenge against us in the worst possible way. So there you go. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of England fans, at least not today, at least not last night. Maybe uh, if we could get a bit of a gap in the next few days, maybe people will come around on the English winning the World Cup. But uh, 
Yeah. All right. Good. Good to, <laughs> good to know for that one, though. But all right. So me and me and Stuart are are obviously thinking that England's going to go ahead and win this thing. Uh, go ahead and check out the final. If you're in the U.S., it's going to be on Sunday. If you're in the central area like I am, it's going to probably be at five in the morning. So I will build up the strength to wake my ass up at like four thirty. Um, you know, knock out my morning routine, so that way I'm not I'm not missing the World Cup. But <laughs> it is going to be a really good final. I can't wait for it. Uh, Spain and England doesn't matter what what who's playing it, whether it's the men's team or the or the or the women, you know, men or the women. It's going to be a solid competition. Um, so I can't wait to watch it, um, and neither should you guys as well. So make sure you guys go ahead and check that out. Once again, Sunday for us, uh, for Australia, what, what time is it? What, what, what uh, I, I think it's Sunday night for us, so that makes it Sunday morning for you guys, right? Yep. So Sunday night for us, um, England versus Spain, it's going to be huge, man. Um, the, the TV ratings... The, the the fan attendance it's all been record breaking over here just just a little aside um the semi final and the quarter final um that the Matildas played in against France I'm I'm so sad we didn't get to talk about that quarter final because that was just probably one of the best nights of my life with regards to sports um well here they're, they're now the most <laughs> well they're the most they're the most watched sporting events in the last ten years in Australia just. Uh, just to sort of give a give a feel for exactly how big it's been here, it's uh, it's been phenomenal, and I expect that to continue. We've got Australia versus Sweden on the Saturday night, Saturday morning for you, Hector, at some ungodly time, I'm sure. And then, of course, the uh, the big dance, the final on Sunday night, uh, England versus Spain. It's it, it's going to be incredible. Yeah, man, uh, I I totally agree. I think. Kind of, I guess your your moment, your moment of the tournament was was France versus uh, Australia. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm gonna always go back to uh, uh, Ari Borges, uh, mm-hmm. her, her her hat trick, de- her debut hat trick, her first yes. first three go- <laughs> her first World Cup goals were was a hat trick. So that you know, it got so much attention that it, it, she was mentioned on our Players of the Week for that for that for that uh, mm-hmm. for that day. Um, but yeah, I mean. Like I said, this tournament has been great. I think, I think for the sake of the women's game, it was good that the women's, the U.S. women's national team did not uh, win it again. Because you know, if there's one thing everybody knows: once something's not competitive, they no no one's gonna really want to watch it. Look at the NBA, mm-hmm. for example, especially when the Golden State Warriors <laughs> were dominating that. Uh, so, like, you know, when when it's the same thing over and over again, it's hard to really keep going with it. Um, I also will say, Japan. Always the best, man. I love watching Japan, just like not only as a team, but just culturally. Uh, the, the the stories of them like cleaning <laughs> cleaning the stadium, uh, just because that's what their culture is. It's always mm-hmm. cool. I always, I hope that Japan always is competing in World Cups because I always want I always want that to be to be shared for about their culture. Um, Absolutely, one of the one of the best away kits at the whole tournament too. Japan um, always the best was, jerseys, uh, best jerseys yeah, in my yeah. opinion by far mm-hmm. in any, every single way. Uh, but all right, man, that's the World, the Women's World Cup. Go ahead and check it out once again. Sunday morning, Sunday night if you're in Australia, but Sunday morning here in the States. Uh, Stuart, man, share everybody where, where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stewie is sick of it. You can find me on Instagram and threads um, at Stewie the Sports Guy. Are you guys saying Twitter or X? Where, where this is a uh, thing on the Twitter. Australian... Twitter or X, we say we yeah. say both. Uh, I always forget, and I'll just say Twitter. I mean, technically, it's still Twitter.com. 
So yeah, <laughs> this is a thing. Also, you can find me on the Australian World Cup podcast with Callum Logie and Jason Irvine. It's uh, it's great listen if uh, if you're into the Women's World Cup, which if you're listening to this, I will assume you are. So uh, find me over there too. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get going because there's actually another Cup final happening this weekend, um, and that is the League's Cup final. So we'll we'll take a break, and then we'll get going to my preview. For the for Nashville versus Lionel Messi, so get ready for that one. <laughs> but always, Stuart, it's always great to have you here, man. Uh, thank you so much for for giving us some time. Hey, thanks for the invite, man. Love love chatting football with you. Hey, everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, everybody. So the Leagues Cup is now down to its final. We have the comp- the competitors for this matchup. And so we are going to go ahead and look at how both Nashville and Inter-Miami got here. So let's go ahead and we'll start off with Nashville SC. Um, going into the knockout round, they had to go against FC Cincinnati, a team that I thought has looked really strong in the MLS, and they go ahead and beat them in penalties. Um, and then they get fa- faced off against a historical team in Liga Mekis in Club America, and they beat them in a very controversial penalty, but they moved on to the next round. Then they just destroyed Minnesota United 5-0, obviously. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that game uh, when we get to Players of the Week. And they defeated the last team, the last Liga Mekis team, uh, left from this tournament. I know there's so much controversy for Liga Mekki side, uh, because of the fact that like one, um, I don't know, uh, they felt that the tournament was more favored towards MLS, which I mean, obviously the fact that the games are only here in the U S, uh, officiating. I mean, I think Liga Mekki just learned about how terrible, uh, pro referees are, uh, in general. So that's, that's been an issue that I've been complaining about refereeings. Uh, in uh in MLS for quite some time, so that's not necessarily uh, a new thing. It's it's been recurring, but that is the new thing. That was one of the complaints that they had. But I would argue that yes, it was more even. It was more biased towards MLS because the competitions were all in in U.S. stadiums. No one had to travel to Mexico. Um, the Mexican teams were the ones that had to travel. So yes, it was more of a strain for them. But at the end of the day, they signed up for this tournament. They could have maybe argued those stipulations, but they didn't. And they continued on with the tournament. And I'm sure it's because they were confident in thinking that they were going to go into this tournament and still be a good team, still be able to win the whole thing. Um, but now we're learning when you open up the tournament for all teams in, in, in the competitions to be part of the League's Cup, that is pretty open. That you're, It's not guaranteed you're going to make a deep run. So I think it does make the tournament a little bit more open. Uh, but for the Liga Mekis, uh, fa- just fans or players or anyone that has more towards bias towards Liga Mekis, and this is speaking as somebody that likes both Liga Mekis and uh, Major League Soccer, uh, 
you signed up for the tournament. At the end of the day, I even said it when me and Kelsey were talking about about League of Mackies that I personally think that they need to restructure the tournament a little bit better. Maybe let League I you know let Mexico host a some group some, some group matches like Mexico should be involved. I mean it's League Cup, you know you have the Canadian teams hosting as well. So I think in the future for League Cup they definitely need to look into adding more teams, adding adding the possibility of going to Mexico venues. Uh, that's just my opinion. But Nashville beats uh, Monterrey two 0 to make secure their spot in the final and also. Nashville has also secured a spot in the CONCACAF Champions, whatever it's going to be called now, but they got a spot in that tournament as well. And on the other side, we have Inter-Miami, and I know that there's like a lot of controversy with Inter-Miami, specifically because of the fact of like what they've been able to do with their roster, which since adding Lionel Messi, obviously the big marquee sign, not only for Inter-Miami, but for the MLS, it... <laughs> You know, they added Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, um, and, you know, obviously... And Inter-Miami has always had issues with DPs, um, you know, that's going all the way back to, like, when they had Matuidi, but, you know, obviously it's kind of being more unfair, but I think when I looked at it more, I think Inter-Miami did a really good job at following the rules of MLS because, yes, they do have their DP players, but there's other positions... There's other ways also to avoid the salary cap, and I think they've also been utilizing that U22 initiative. Um, I might have to do a little bit more research on it, but I'm pretty sure that's what they took advantage of, so that way they could pay some more some more salaries as well. Because they do have a fairly young roster as well. Like A lot of the players that uh, that's in Inter-Miami are also academy products. So just pointing that out, just, I, I, like I said, I'm going to probably do a little bit more research on that part, but that is something that I've noticed. But Inter-Miami... You know, they win their group outright, uh, really just beating everybody easily. Um, they had a, a seemed like it was going to be their first like real test, which was going up against, uh, you know, in-state rival uh, Orlando City SC. It looked like it was going to be a battle, but then after that, Miami ended up uh, getting their separation and, and ended up winning 3-1 against Orlando. Then they go to Dallas. This was kind of a a real test for them because they're going on the road and they had to deal with that Texas heat. It was very hot, but obviously, you know, it was a battle. It was a it was an ugly game. Uh went, ended 4-4 in regular time, so they went straight to penalties and that's where Inter Miami just handled their business and went one and pens 5 to 3. Uh then they had to go get go up against Charlotte. This is a little bit that hurts me a little bit more because it could have been the Houston Dynamo to make it to the uh, to that round, but I don't think anything's going to change. I don't think that that changes anything in that comp in that matchup because Miami just outclassed them four nil and they move on to the semifinal. The semifinal, a lot of people felt that this was going to be it. This is where Inter Miami is not going to be able to just you know outclass any opponent because you were going up against one of the better teams in MLS in Philadelphia Union. Well. That was a lie, because they ha- they handed Philadelphia a four one beating, um, and that's how they secured their spot in the final. So you have Nashville, a very solid line, uh, back line. You have Hanny Mukhtar, who is an MLS MVP player, uh, caliber player. I mean, he did win the MVP last season. Looks like he could probably repeat as an MLS MVP. Um, going up against the really hot Inter Miami team. And it's crazy, like, because when I look at Miami now, 
Um, I did make that jersey bet of them making the playoffs. And I'm starting to think more and more that it possibly could happen that Messi and Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba can really be the difference makers for Inter-Miami. And they can go from bottom of the table to into a very good playoff position. And maybe, who knows, win the MLS Cup. So it is really insane of how much of an impact Messi has. But, like, I, I'll, I'll add other things to it, though. Like, not, not only is Messi making the team, like, not only Messi on the field, do they are they better, but the team plays better. Like, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird to explain it because, like, you saw, I, I at one point, like, the, the Cruz Azul game, the first game of the League's Cup for Miami, uh, they looked bad in the beginning. They looked really bad. They looked like the last place team. But there were still moments of, of, of something to be positive about. Obviously, Messi comes in. They win the game. And then from there on out, it, you've seen Messi improving everybody's quality. Like, everyone became a quality player. So I think uh, in general, man, like, this Inter-Miami team is becoming more of a team. And it's because of guys like Sergio Busquets. And I mean, obviously, everyone's going to be talking about Messi. But Sergio Busquets, man, being that just that general in that midfield and being uh, able to distribute the ball as well as he's been. I mean, y'all are sleeping on Sergio Busquets. Keep an eye on him. But also, I mean, Jordi Alba, since he's come in, he's added a lot of a lot of spark in that defense as well. So, I mean, it is crazy. But, it, it you know, props to David Beckham. They, they, they played the long game and they finally got it uh, and here. And, and I'm going to tell you, man, it's so hard for me to think that Miami doesn't win this game. Um, even... With Nashville, and I mean, you have a very, like I said, solid backline. You have Walker Zimmerman, one of the best defenders in MLS. You have Hanny Mokhtar, one of the best attackers in MLS. Um, you have a very solid team. And also, fun fact, these are the two teams that came in together. So when they were both expansion teams, they came in the same year. I can't tell you what year it was, but they came in the same year. So it's really cool that these two are facing off against each other. This could, I mean, at this point, I, I kind of want to say this could be their, their biggest challenge yet. But it seems like every time we say that, they go ahead and win. They they handle it very well. Their biggest challenge was FC Dallas, and I thought they were going to blow them out. Uh, more so just because I hate FC Dallas. But I think when I look at it, there has no one has been able to really answer uh, Messi. They've no one has yet to have been able to really keep him quiet. And, and that that's not necessarily an MLS thing. Everyone's going to try to say that he's making the league bad, but like it doesn't help the league that Miami's being has looked so dominant now. Because like I said. Some people really do believe that they could go ahead and turn it around and win the MLS Cup now. Um, but I think what I'm seeing now is I just find it really hard to believe that that anyone has an answer for Messi. And, and like I said, this isn't towards like Messi being just showing how bad MLS is because he does this everywhere he goes. He he did this in Liga and he does this he does this in he did this in La Liga. He did he did it a lot in the Champions League. Like, he is just that guy. Like, it's hard to defend Lionel Messi. Like, it, that's just pure, pure simple. That's what it is. The problem is a lot of times the times the teams that could that can be Messi is just because when he, at the end of the day, Messi can't carry a team. Um, it, Some of Messi's highlights has always been around a really well-run team. Um, I'm not saying Inter-Miami is that team, but it he's, they're building. They're, they're looking like they're building something. And I think that's also a testament to Tata Martino, the the coach that, that they just hired to bring. Now, I mean, I I make it seem like he's just some other guy, but really he's a, he's just a master tactician. Coach Messi in Argentina, Coach Messi in Barcelona, um, and has been proven in MLS because he won the MLS Cup with with uh, Atlanta United before he left for Mexico and ruined Mexico. 
But, I mean, at the end of the day, this Miami team is just well-run, well-organized. And I think you got to give props to Tata Martino as well, how well he's been doing to get Inter-Miami back on, uh, well, not even get back on track, just get Inter-Miami on track. And uh, I want to say Nashville. I want to root for Nashville. I'm going to root for Nashville. Uh, not that I'm a messy hater or anything, but obviously I don't like the narrative that Messi's just going to run the table on MLS. And I kind of do believe it at the same time. Like, I'm worried. At, at this point, I'm, like, making sure I'm making some smart financial decisions. So I do have enough money to go ahead and buy that jersey because I'm going to have to give away a, jer- a, a Messi jersey. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I think Nashville, I want to see Nashville win it. But I, I think, in all, in all honesty, I just think Inter-Miami right now is at a different class right now. And I think Messi, Sergio Busquets, and Jordi Alba, and Tata Martino has definitely changed the culture and enter Miami, and uh, and because of that, I got enter Miami winning this thing, man. It this is going to be a statement. There is going to be a huge target on Inter Miami's back after being if they are able to accomplish this and win uh, League's Cup, because I, I think at that at the end of it all, like now everyone's gonna be like shit. Now we gotta we gotta really beat Inter Miami, um, because I mean yeah, they're they're in last place, but that eighth and ninth place spot seems really attainable. Now, because of the way that this team has looked in this tournament, and I mean, there, yeah, this tournament could definitely get better. Um, but I mean, Nashville and Inter Miami both have secured spots into the Concacaf, whatever cup, the third place game, which would be between Monterrey and Philadelphia. That all, that also, the winner of that one will also get a, a spot in that tournament uh, for the Concacaf Champions Cup League. I don't know what they're gonna call it now, but um, but. I think at the end of the day, uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with Inter Miami, and I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, it's gonna be a really good final. Um, either Messi continues to be Messi and be the goat that he is, or or Nashville makes a huge statement and say like, "Hey, this league is not as easy as you think it's gonna be for Messi." So I can't wait to say see that as well. But that's all I really got, man. Uh, so yeah, League's Cup final. I'm predicting Miami to win it. Uh, though I'll be rooting for Nashville to uh, make a statement victory as well. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and transition over back to our, I don't know why I said back, but transition over to our preview for uh, Bundesliga and the Serie A. All right, we're back. Um, I actually had like a, I just had a realization that also the League's Cup finals coming up this weekend. So we just, so I actually put the League's Cup final preview before this so that's just so you guys already know um all right so obviously we got two more leagues starting off this weekend and that is the Bundesliga and the Serie A so we're gonna start with the Bundesliga because hot take for me I think the Serie A has actually jumped over the Bundesliga when it comes to the power five rankings in the no. in the league I don't think it's a hot take at all I think it really no, is that hot of a take not at all there's no time no yeah I absolutely agree <laughs> and were any disagreement on that one <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, Timo, calm down, down, down there. All right. <laughs> so the teams entering this season of the Bundesliga is FC Augsburg, Bayer Leverkusen, Bayer Munich, VFL Bochum, Borussia Dortmund, Borussia Mönchengladbach, Darmstadt. Man, this is going to be a true testing of my pr- uh, pronunciations. Eintracht Frankfurt, Cologne, SC Freiburg. Heidenheim, 
That's we want to say Heidenreich for some weird reason. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't say that too many times. We'll be okay. Hoffenheim, Mainz, my favorite team to say. RB Leipzig, VFB Stuttgart, Union Berlin, Werder Bremen, and Wolfsburg. The new teams joining the Bundesliga this season is FC Heidenheim for the first time in their club's history and Darmstadt uh, 98, which is now is coming back after a six year absence. Uh, So teams that we haven't seen in quite, I mean, one we have never seen before and one that we haven't seen since. Wow. Six years ago. So 2022, yeah. 2021, 2020, 19, 18, 17. Last time they were here uh, was 2016. So that's Pre-pandemic. just the Cubs won the the Cubs won the World Series that year. Pre-pandemic is all you had to say. Yeah, I was in college. I was I was a sophomore in college. So Man. last time last time Darmstadt was in the Bundesliga. Making me feel old. I'm also 31, so yeah, I know. We're just say, we're we're almost the same age, but like, yeah, I also started college super late, so still making me feel old. But yeah, um, obviously the the some of the storylines to be following this season, at least for me, obviously Kelsey and Edward, you can chime in any storylines that you want to add in after I say these. But obviously Heidenheim is going to be something to keep an eye on. This is their first time ever in the Bundesliga. Probably it's not going to end well for them, but. It is their first time in the Bundesliga, so it's gonna be, it's it's always cool to see like these first time clubs like make their appearance, and you wanna you wanna hope that they're gonna make it, but I mean, it usually doesn't pan out that well. Um, <laughs> and then stories, of, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm I mean Harry Kane, finally with Bayern Munich. Um, it's kind of like they both needed each other. Obviously, Bayern Munich was not the same team last season without Robert Lewandowski. They were hoping that Sadio Mane would be that solution. But what they didn't realize is Sadio Mane is not a striker. <laughs> He's actually a winger. Um, you know, crazy, crazy concept there. Um, you could have just asked me. I could have told you. Oh, wait. So, I did say it on this exact show last year. Yeah. Sorry. All right. All right. So, yeah. Um, Sadio Mane did not pan out, obviously, um, positionally and um, in locker room-wise because, you know, he apparently likes to hit people. Uh, but now he's over mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia, actually brought brought a – uh, Al Nassar, their first their first trophy, Saudi League. I don't, I can't, don't, don't ask me. Uh, Saudi League, pay me, pay me like half a million dollars, and I'll, I'll finally figure it out. But um, pay me five dollars, I'll figure it out for you. Yeah, <laughs> but obviously the one thing that they clearly missed was a true number nine, similar to what Robert Lewandowski is. And I mean, Edward, Edward has heard me say this, and I'm sure Kelsey's also heard me say this, but Harry Kane is the English Robert Lewandowski. So this guy is a true nine, the straight to the T, what you expect from what a nine is. As a matter of fact, he is wearing number nine for, for Bayern Munich. Um, but Harry Kane gets an opportunity to be competing for trophies, something that he has not been able to get, not only with Tottenham, but also with England. He's always close, but no cigar. Um, and a club like Bayern Munich, I'm not saying that they're going to compete for the Champions League or at least contenders, but they definitely raise their chances at winning the Bundesliga, which is a league they've dominated. Even even at their worst last year, they still managed to win the uh, the Bundesliga. So you would hope that Harry Kane could continue the course of what Bayern Munich has always been able to do, which is dominate the Bundesliga. 
Yeah. Hopefully oh, Dortmund wow. can actually can actually take that away this season. That's fair. Uh, what a wild season where we're talking about Bayern scoring 92 goals, only giving up 38, and still having a bad season. Uh, it's just like, I guess when they scored goals, they scored a bunch of them, and they didn't score. Well, it was a struggle, but I think it's very interesting uh, with, with Munich going forward in this one. Um, whether Dortmund can pull it out, that's a good question. But I'm actually looking at Union Berlin as my storyline. Like Union Berlin finishing Champions League spot last year, going to be in the Champions League for the first time this year. Talk about a team that was three years ago, Bundesliga 2. Hard to say Union Berlin will actually uh, not be able to pull one out again this year. Maybe improved a third. Maybe upset RB Leipzig. We'll never know. Uh, maybe upset Borussia Dortmund or Bayern at second. Oh, no. Watch out. I'm, but I mean, Union I mean, Berlin has gotten better every time. So so far, since Union Berlin has come up to the Bundesliga, they have just gotten better and better. Like I honestly yeah. thought they were going to be another one of those teams that just got promoted to the Bundesliga are going to go right back down to the, the Bundesliga too, but they've stayed here and they've gotten better. And it, they haven't necessarily went after and gone like high marquee signings. They just play the game well and play the game right. They have added a few pieces here and there. Obviously, I'm watching Union Berlin because they have uh, Brendan Aronson on loan over there from from Leeds, obviously an American, and obviously they also have PFOC. So, you know, an American partnership going to go, go on there, hopefully. But you're right with Union Berlin. It is a, it is a team that it, it's going to be interesting to watch. Can they jump over in that top three? Um, but, I mean, I'm I mean, I, I'm sure everyone wants to talk about this, but Borussia Dortmund, I mean, they were literally one game away from finally ending the, the streak that Bayern Munich has had for, what, now 11 straight seasons of winning the Bundesliga. And so... I mean, did Borussia Dortmund do enough to keep this team competitive? And sure. I mean, you know, you got now you're gonna have another year with Sule. Uh, you're gonna have, hopefully, you know, Marco Rose can do his best. With, which I feel like this could probably be his final year um, as just a play as a footballer. I mean, and I mean. Their biggest upgrade, which I don't think we're talking, no one's really been talking about it, is the return of Sebastian Haller, who was out for majority of the season because of fighting cancer. Um, yeah, still want to be one of the top strikers in the world. Not a lot of people don't, don't really talk about him enough because he's very underrated. But he'll be he's back and he's healthy and probably stronger more than ever. Um, so that's uh, for me that's a huge upgrade for Borussia Dortmund. And I mean, who's to say what are we going to see from Gio Reyna as well? Yeah, and Gio Reyna, man, that dude, that that dude is cold. So, hoping he'll pull, he'll pull the moves and he'll pull all the stops and score goals, assists, what have you. Be first place. Would you say he is ice cold with that hairdo? <laughs> oh no God, Kelsey. Also, oh, also, um, I'm sorry. But- Oh, any, anything else to add on to story? No, you're not. That's what you said. <laughs> I know. I'm not sorry at all. I 100% enjoyed every single moment of that cringe. <laughs> you I really hope um, Greg Berhalter doesn't really fuck this up. As like, I, I get excited about the American players that we have. Um, yeah. And it's like every day I have to re- – I, I wake up and I remember that Greg Berhalter is coaching the U.S. men's national team. Probably even coached the U.S. women's national team uh, from the way they were playing. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, – it's rough. It's rough. 
the pain. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I don't know if there's much to add to you. Uh, kind of this, except for uh, Kareem uh, Adeyemi, maybe uh, might be might be an impact player for Dortmund. Yeah, for sure. um, Dortmund, Dortmund. If there's one thing, there's always some young player that just gets all of our attention, and I I don't know if it's it's something about that yellow and black, but it, it gets the attention. Like it, that's what it is. But all right, guys, players to watch. Who is a player that you guys are going to keep an eye on in the Bundesliga this season? Mm. Honestly, I honestly, yeah, Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna. would be the player to watch. Man, um, I just gave mine away, honestly. Adeyemi is my my player to watch just because he's so impactful for Dortmund coming off the bench. Not even with with Haller starting, you're not going to have to worry about him. You, you know, whether he may, maybe he plays, they play him on the wing, similar to what they tried with uh, Aubameyang. He can do it. He has proven he can do it. So uh, I look for him to make an impact there for Dortmund as well. Um, a player that I'm going to be keeping an eye on is over at RB Leipzig, um, and that is Xavi Simmons. He had an amazing season over at PSV, um, so much so that PSG went ahead and <laughs> activated their 6 million euro buyback clause, which what a steal. And mm-hmm. now he, they, they ship, apparently they don't feel that he's ready for PSG, which is crazy to hear that. Um, but they sent him over to RB Leipzig, which, Kind of similar with Dortmund is really good at developing young talent. Uh, probably not the level of Dortmund, but RB Leipzig has also been one of those clubs that are really good at developing players. And then they go and play for. Well, they don't really go play for Bayern Munich. They go play elsewhere. But yeah. But I mean, nonetheless, RB Leipzig is also a really good club to be developing. Uh, but also, yeah, uh, I want to throw out one that speaking of former RB Leipzig players, uh, returning back to the Bundesliga for the first time. Uh, Nabi Keita, by the way, might. It's a question. It's 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 a interesting one, but I don't know. I don't know. I just want to throw that out there. Obviously, being a former Liverpool player, but never really got to stay healthy. Going to Werder Bremen, see what he can do to Bremen. Yeah, he needs a bounce back. I think his time at Liverpool was unfortunate, but yeah, definitely that for sure. Uh, teams to watch. Who is your guys' team to watch in the Bundesliga this season? Uh, really, really, you gotta ask me that, really. <laughs> Uh, Look, Edward Jordan, is no. You've been picking. You've been picking the obvious ones that everyone's expecting. I've actually done a pretty good job so far of picking teams that I don't support. But, <laughs> but Dorfman. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Edward. Dortmund. Dortmund. Obviously, yeah, Dortmund. Wow, surprise. Uh, yeah, I gave mine away earlier as well. Um, Union Berlin is mm-hmm. the team I'm I'm keeping an eye on uh, as well in this one. Uh, maybe, yeah, that's it. Um, I I'm gonna. I'm actually going to say Hoffenheim because obviously there's an American coach there. Um, so um, I, I believe he used to coach Stuttgart, obviously got fired when for, for some reason, uh, but he still, he still got a job in the Bundesliga, but Hoffenheim, um, you know, the obviously for quite some time, the Bundesliga has always been known for getting Americans. And I mean, you know, obviously, uh, we we forget about the 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 coach for Hoffenheim. Matter of fact, I forgot his name. But uh, it is um, Pellegrino Matarazzo. Doesn't even sound American, but that's American. No, nah, he is he is one hundred percent American though. Yeah, he was born in Wayne, New Jersey. So, ladies and gentlemen, he is American. It always goes back to New Jersey. New Jersey, like if you guys don't know, New Jersey is like the soccer hub. Like it is, it is basically like our. 
I don't want to say this, but our Catalonia. Uh, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, our, there's a our, lot our of Boca. players that come out of that New Jersey region. Like, I'll, I'll throw Pennsylvania as well because, obviously, Christian Pulisic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Re- Claudio Reyna was a Jersey guy. Um, Berhalter was also – God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a, lot, no, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of Jersey it, guys in that area. Of uh, you know, someone that I got to, I got lucky enough to interview Glenn Davis. Glenn Davis, obviously, you know, big soccer announcer over here in Houston, um, has his, you know, radio show, uh, Soccer Matters with Glenn Davis. But like, he was a Jersey guy. Like, Jersey has always been like the soccer hub for the U.S. Um, hopefully, Texas could finally catch up to them. Um, I mean, thanks to FC Dallas, but which, God yeah. damn it. Um, uh, by the way, Matarazzo, uh, also another one you talk about Americans always being in Germany. He is the perfect example of that. Signed with the Division Four team, but when he first got to start playing, eventually moved up to FC Nuremberg too, where he then took over as manager literally the year after he, he finished. He was their caretaker manager for a year. Yikes. All right. But, yeah, so Hoffenheim is, is the team that I'll be keeping an eye on. But, all right, the question that we've been asking so far – if Bayern Munich does not win the Bundesliga, it is because blank won. Who is blank for you guys? Do I really have to say it again? Oh my god, Edward! <laughs> Bro, All right, okay. go ahead. Timo Werner. Timo Werner. <laughs> oh, you know what? I take it back. Do I not Dortmund? RB Leipzig. Are you just trying not to jinx Dortmund? No, because Leipzig's been doing really good. And then with Xavi Simmons playing, I mean, he's been playing pretty fucking good. All right, well, I'm going to say Borussia Dortmund because, I mean, they've always been second. So Let's take an easy one off the board, huh? That's where we're going there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I can't take famine or, uh, you know, major un- ungodly diseases or disasters as the winner. Um, I guess that's not a possibility. So, uh I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's Harry Kane. Maybe it was Harry Kane. I, 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 was, the- I mean, I was gonna say Sadio Mane, but never mind. He already got out. He got his money. Uh, I'm gonna go FC Union Berlin. I'm gonna stick with my team to watch. So, all right, all right. So that is the Bundesliga this season. All right, on the, on the timeline on the script it says uh, La Liga. But obviously, this is Serie A. So Serie A, the- best La Liga ever. <laughs> In Serie A, this is the teams that are competing this year's. Uh, Serie A season, that's AC Milan, Atalanta, Bologna, Cagliari, Empoli, Fiorentina, Frosinone, uh, Genoa, Inter Milan, Juventus, fuck you, Lazio, uh, Lecce, Monza, Napoli, Roma, Salernitana, Sassuolo, Torino, Udinese, and Verona. I like how Salernitana, I've said how I hate pronouncing that team. And they and since they got promoted and they still are here. Um my favorite was your pr- mispronunciation of Genoa. 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 Oh, Genoa. This is like Bogota. It's literally part of the rat pack. It's literally a song in the rat pack. It's it's a song in the rat pack. It's just Genoa. Genoa. All right, cool. Well, there you go. Uh, the new teams this season for uh, the Serie A, I was about to say La Liga. <laughs> I'm really butchering myself here. Um, in the Serie A is Cagliari that obviously have been away f- after coming right back up into the into the Serie A after last year. We missed um, them. 
the the team that starts with a G that I'm not going to try to pronounce anymore. Uh, Genoa. Genoa. After it's one a salami. Year well. It's literally a type of salami. If it's not Gabagool, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. All right. Never mind. Uh, and then Frosinone, who has returned to the Serie A after a four-year absence. Um, so it is definitely uh, some – we'll see if they stay up or stay down. We'll see what happens there. But, all right, some storylines to follow. I'm just going to say this. Juventus versus fan- financial fair play, <laughs> which I think is the biggest load of shit. It is – if that's the case, there's a lot of teams that definitely need to get hit more. I mean – Juventus is definitely one of those teams that are guilty of financial fair play, but I mean, uh, there's definitely a lot of teams. I mean, Chelsea should definitely be <laughs> getting investigated, um, but there's well, definitely just trying to get uninvestigated. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that I think could definitely get hit for financial fair play. Weirdly enough, it's all a lot of the teams that we support, um, and, and so like it, it is, it is, it does suck that Juventus has been the one receiving the blunt of it. Obviously. They got hit with a point deduction, which last season they were in a Champions League spot. And because of that point deduction for violating the financial fair play rules, they are now not in any competition for Europe this season. So, I mean, if anything, they're going to be more focused on Serie A to win Serie A this year. But, yeah, I mean, what does how does Juventus respond after what happened with them with financial fair play is going to be something I want to, I want to keep an eye on. Okay. Probably better than they responded to getting, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, stripped completely of all football re- operations and sent oh. to Serie B. Mm. And d- like deducted, what was that 40 points that first season in Serie B? So they still couldn't win the league mm-hmm. despite being deducted, like despite winning every game. Yeah. Still, it's going to be better than that. I can, I can guarantee you that. I was also buying referees, but <laughs> that's. I, I mean, whatever the reason is, I, you know, Juventus doesn't care. That's a fair point. But, but yeah, um, another thing that I kind of want to look at is also AC Milan. I mean, they still going at it uh, with a big summer of just spending on younger players, to be more specific. But obviously, they added Christian Pulisic, uh, Loftus-Cheek. Uh, they got also Yunus Musa. I, I feel like they got somebody from Arby Salzburg. Uh, but they have definitely gotten a lot younger um this AC Milan team has been pretty young for quite some time but being led by Zlatan Ibrahimovic for I wouldn't say fully a lot of the season he's definitely been dealing with injuries which is the reason why he finally retired but you have Olivier Giroud leading the front uh Rafael Lau has has been given the number 10 uh the number 10 you have Christian Pulisic on the other side rocking 11 uh this is it's crazy thing you lose Sancho Tonali but this this team looks pretty strong Still, and I mean, like I said, they they went after a lot of young players, um, and I think that they want to make a big statement, especially because they were one game away from making it to the final of the Champions League, and you know, also were not that long ago won the Serie A. Um, so AC Milan definitely had a huge summer. Um, definitely want to see what what comes from it. Yes, mostly because there's a lot of fun players there on the uh, AC. Um, you mentioned Pulisic, uh, obviously, Yunus Muta, uh, but also just, I mean, everybody else. AC Milan is a, I have a, I have a weird soft spot in my heart for AC as long as, you know, you don't bring up 2005. I have a, I have a, I have a pretty good hot, like soft spot in my heart for, for Milan and, and 
I do think they're a very interesting team to watch going forward for sure. Just trying to regain the what once was type of vibe for AC. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want to look at is obviously the the new American Revolution that's happening. It used to be the Bundesliga was the the league affiliated with young American players, but now it looks like the Serie A has been is now entered that Starting chat. Starting American yeah. players, like quality, top quality American players, finally. Yeah. Um, obviously, Christian Pulisic, Yunus Musa over in AC Milan, over in Juventus, uh, you you have T- Tim Weah, which I'm really happy for. Even though it's Juventus, yes. I'm still very happy for for Tim Weah, one of my favorite players in the U.S. men's national team. Uh, they still have, as far as I know, they still have Weston McKinney. I know there's been rumors about them trying to sell Weston, um, but then there are also very conflicting reports where the they also want to use Weston McKinney. It's it's very confusing what's going on with Weston McKinney over at Juventus, but um, and then I mean they're they're not here in the Serie A, but obviously in the Serie B you have uh uh, uh Venezia, which has uh, Tanner Testman, which hasn't necessarily gotten any attention from the U.S. men's national team since he left FC Dallas to go go to Venezia, but they still also have uh, Gianluca Busio. Uh, also over there, I believe, over at Venezia. But, yeah, Italy, you're starting to see more oh, American forgetting, players. Forgetting one. Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds. Or... No. No, no. He, I think is, he's – Is, is he not with Roma anymore? I thought he left Roma. Oh, no. He left Roma. Just kidding. Um, But, obviously, the other thing that they're – I believe Inter Milan has been trying to talk with Arsenal on trying to bring in Balogun to, to Inter Milan. Uh, but I also know Monaco is also trying to fight for him as well. But so like, but yeah, the 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 start of a lot of Italian teams wanting to bring in American players has been a a a has been kind of become the the theme this summer. Um, slowly but like surely, I think there's going to be definitely an American takeover in in the Serie A. Uh, By the but, way, did you mention uh, Novakovic? Novakovic, Serie B. He's with Venezia as well. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. All right. But. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't know it because well, he was with Frozenone and I didn't know if he was still there and I was just looking on that. Okay. But yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, any any stories you guys want to talk about for Serie A? The return. The return of Juventus versus Milan. Yay. Oh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> AC Milan definitely dominated last last season. I, 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 can, I can say that. I can vouch for that with me winning the singing bed table. Um, <laughs> but for you guys, who is that player this season in the Serie A to watch? Uh, Christian Pulisic. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm gonna keep that, that thing do, going. I'm, I'll go ahead. I'm, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no go no, ahead. You finish, you finish. You finish that. Go cook. Well, cook. no, because like, because like, I mean, I want to see if he's going to bring that same energy that he had in Chelsea where he was just making these crazy-ass plays. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think he he leaves such a such a terrible situation at Chelsea where, you know, it's funny enough, like, Frank Lampard was the only one that really used him. Um, you thought that Thomas Tuchel coming into to Chelsea, someone that was familiar with Christian Pulisic, would have utilized a guy that he's very familiar with, but that became not. Uh, and it just seemed like no one had faith in him. And it was kind of crazy to think, especially when you have an owner like Todd Bowley, who you think would be trying to keep the American in the team. Uh, but yeah, his time at Chelsea has just been nothing of a nightmare, which is crazy to think that it 
early on he 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 got he was able to walk out with a Champions League trophy. Um, but you know, he 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 gets an, a fresh start. He he's going to play with AC Milan, uh, a team that seems really determined to use him, that likes what he brings to the table, and I think that that's one thing that uh, I think he he didn't get in, at Chelsea was uh, uh, the faith, the faith in him that he can he can bring quality to the team. Um, I mean, he made a very big impact in his debut with AC Milan, brought an assist uh, against Real Madrid. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like he's definitely in a healthier situation over in Milan. So I can't wait to see what he does over there. Uh, Kelsey, who is your player to watch this in this Serie A? Yeah, I was, uh, was going to say, I'm going to add on to the, the American vibe on this one. Um, but I'm going to go to Juventus and I'm going to go Timothy Weah. I think, I think seeing what Timothy Weah has been able to do, not just for the U.S., but back in his time in in France as well. He's not like he's a wash-away player. It's not like he's just uh, some guy. He's a starting quality winger that you're looking at that for Juventus. You need service into the box. You've talked about it. There's a reason that they're they're potentially not going to ship out their striker. Like There's a reason he's potentially staying, and that's because the service he's going to be getting from the wings now is something he needs. And um, Timothy Weah is somebody that not only can he – play as a straight-out winger in the attack, but he can play as a wing-back as well, which is really what Juventus saw and loved about him. So, you know, he can impact the defense. He can impact the attack. So I think it's going to be Timothy Weah. is going to be very interesting interesting player to watch this season. And I feel like he can impact a lot of different games um, for, the, for them as well. So uh, maybe positively, hopefully positively, and not negatively, but it could go either way if we're being honest. Yeah, I think I think Timothy Weah, like I said, he's been a guy I've been behind going all the way back to PSG. I mean, when he was just yeah. causing havoc in the U20s uh for for the US. I mean, he he comes from he's one of those unique situations where he come he, he was brought up in a culture of the game. I mean, his dad being the only African to have won the Ballon d'Or. Like he he's got pedigree with his name and and you see it with it, the fact that he was came up to the rankings of the PSG Academy system. Like he's not everyone wants to say that this guy's a bust. I mean, this guy has loads of talent. He's been such a massive headache for the Mexican national team every time on the wing. And I feel like everywhere against anybody, he's been such a headache too. He's the only one that really contributed to a goal uh, in, in the world cup to any, any goal chances, any goal opportunities came off his foot. By the way. Yeah. So, I mean, Timothy, and, and let's not forget he's a French league champion. Mm-hmm. Not playing for PSG. Exactly. Think about that for a second. He was the only. Te- he's been one of the only team to usurp this PSG team in the last fifteen years, basically. And the guy that used to play for PSG. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Timothy Weah. I, I I know a lot of people like try not to give him a lot of faith in him, but I I honestly will say I feel like he's the best player on the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, maybe you're crazy. <laughs> maybe crazy to some Americans, but. I think what he brings to the table, his 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 creativity, his quality, his technical skill. I mean, the guy is a true definition of what a winger is, is supposed to be, and and I think that that's why one of the reasons why. And also, Edward definitely would love this guy because he dribbles really good and he's super fast. Honestly, if somehow if he ever leaves Juventus, I'm sure Edward would definitely open him up with, with welcome him with open arms to Barcelona or Dortmund uh, or wherever. Whichever team Edward wants to cheer for, where where Wea goes, yeah. Actually, Man this United. Is a team, Juventus is a team that Edward uh, cheers for, uh, yeah, but so. mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, you'll this, love him, Edward. 
Yeah. Um, I get uh, for me. I think the play, my player to watch, is um. Man, there's there's like a lot of players that I want to keep an eye on, but I believe he's still over in Napoli for some weird reason, and, and that is Victor Osimhen. I don't think he went to Chelsea. I think you're right. Yeah, mm. <laughs> fact check me on that one, Kelsey. But no, I think he's. I think he. I'm pretty sure he stayed for sure, but. Right. Yeah, I, I heard no. I, I know that they were going after him, but then I think Chelsea, after Chelsea got in Cuckoo, I don't. I think they kind of pushed away on on going after after Victor Osimhen. But um, I, as 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 Kelsey's going to fact check me, um, Victor Osimhen. I mean, man had probably arguably one of the best seasons, a career season. That it's crazy to think that he's still in Napoli. Um, I'm sure he's gonna get he's gonna get a, an offer pretty soon, but. I think you know he he did play enough to prove that he should be going into an uh, an English Premier League team, um, because one Napoli just outright won uh, the Serie A last year, and it was definitely behind him. I mean, he had definitely a, a very solid performance. Napoli was very close to making it to the Champions League uh, semifinal. They were one game away. It was just they got burnt out and had to face AC Milan, um, but. Yeah, I think Victor Osimhen, uh whether he stays or or he leaves uh, the Serie A, is a player to keep an eye on because, like, he's got a lot of quality. I don't know what's going to be happening with Napoli. I know a lot of players have been shipped out already. There's rumor, there's rumors that uh, Ch- Chucky Lozano might be leaving Napoli as well. So there's a lot of things happening in Napoli. Like they're not going to be the same team from from last year. Uh, and I I mean, is can Victor Osimhen re- you know, repeat what he did last year, or is he going to, you know, maybe fall off as his team is kind of disassembling, or is he going to finally get that big move? That's a lot of good questions because honestly, he is so talented. I, you almost like, if you lose somebody like, like Herman Lozano, like Chucky Lozano, that's going to hurt. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but I mean, I think there's, there's possibility. You still have Simeone there, um, you know, as, as a potential, guy to play alongside of Victor, um, you know, Matteo Politano as, as well. But yeah, I mean, it does really go through Victor. It seems like at the end of the day, uh, and especially for that Napoli team. So yeah, watching him is, is going to be very interesting. He is that dude, not just can he, you know, talk about scoring goals, but he can create his own goal, not just with his feet, you know, not just dribbling the ball, but actually blowing past defenders, getting himself in correct positions. His, some of his runs are, him on one side and Chucky Lozano on the other was just not fair attacking defenders on that back line. So um, putting him just one-on-one with the defender and is, is equally unfair. Um, kind of embarrassing for that defender in a lot of ways. So yeah, uh, we'll see Victor. Uh, I do. I do like him as a, as a player to watch for sure. Yeah. All right. Team, team to watch this series all season. <laughs> Should I even ask you a word? Is is that what you're trying to get? Is that is that what your giggle means? Pretty much. All right, it's Juventus. Uh, it, it's Juventus. Everyone's going to keep an eye on Juventus. At Juventus is this team, so that's fair. That's that's fair. Um, I'm going to go. I'm not going to. I'm probably not going to surprise anybody with this one either. Uh, I'm going to go AC. I feel like AC Milan is simple, easy answer. That doesn't make that many changes. You make that many changes to your team. You got to be some kind of somebody to watch, especially considering your pedigree. 
That's very true. Um, I mean, I get. I guess I have to be the one to mention this team because this team has not been brought up at all, and it's the team that made it to the Champions League final, and that's Inter Milan. Um, obviously, there's. I don't want to say it. I didn't want to say. It. I didn't want to be the one to say him. There's so much. There's so much going on with Inter Milan. The whole Lukaku thing, um, the the will they won't they with Chelsea thing, uh, yeah. They they also lost some players as well. Um, I'm you know obviously they're very invested in trying to get Balogun. You you're wondering what has this team actually done to get to get better? Which I mean I believe they added Jan Sommer. I think Jan Sommer yeah. is actually now their new goalkeeper. Obviously they lost Onana. So, yeah, I mean they they have they still have their solid, that that solid backline. Um, they still have they now have a, a another top quality goalkeeper, maybe not as great on his feet like Andre Onana is, but still a a top quality shot stopper with with Jan Sommer. Uh, you still have Lautaro Martinez somehow. Uh, uh, you know you you're still a very loaded team. Like, I mean, you still have a lot of quality, which is crazy to think. Uh, Filippo Inzaghi, you have somehow made me a believer in, in you. Um, I, I'm actually impressed. You might not like their new signing then. Who they get? Uh, Marco Anatovic. For for Serie A, that's, that's not a bad signing. Yeah. Uh, but... I don't know where he's playing. Yeah. Uh, it... Because he's definitely not a winger anymore. Um, he probably have to play striker. I can't see any other position. Uh, they, it's also it's weird how uh, Inter Milan's formation is. It's a because they play with a three in the back. Um, I think they play with kind of like three forwards. It, it's a yeah, it, it's like a three four one two is really kind of what it ends up. Yeah, being. it's it's like a weird formation, but. Um, I mean, you're talking now. You're talking about of a potential three-headed monster with, with uh, you know, Lataro Martinez, Arnautovic. Even if he comes off the bench, that's still uh, quite quite an attack. Lukaku, depending what happens, that's still up in the air with Lukaku. He might he might end up at Juve. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, there's an Argentinian there. I just don't remember his name. I know he played with Lazio for quite some time. Uh, how am I how am I blanking on this guy? Uh, shoot, Edward, help me here. Or I mean, Kelsey's going researching, but um, Barella or Joaquin Correa? Correa, that's who it was. Correa. <laughs> Good job, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Inter Milan. It's gonna. It they're they're still a solid team. I don't know about making it to back to the Champions League final in any way, but they're still gonna be a team that you should definitely be keeping an eye on. Uh. I think it's great. I think we can now say that Serie A is back. I think it's a very it's it's becoming a, a a competitive league once again. You're seeing them go far in the in these European competitions. Hell, Fiorentina made it to the uh, Conference League final. You want to take that into some sort of notice? But I mean, literally last year there was an Italian team in each final in the Conference League, in the Europa League, in the Champions League. Italy was represented. They lost all of them. But they were represented, so I mean, like I think that that is something to consider. Uh, like I think it, I, I think we could, I think it's safe to say the Serie A is officially back. Um, so I think that's that's a good thing. 
Um, but last last thing to, to say about this is obviously if Napoli does not win the Serie A, which I mean seems very likely it could happen, it is because blank won. Who is that blank for you guys? Do I even have to ask Edward? Ask Chelsea first. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, uh, okay, uh, so he's definitely thing. not picking Juventus. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah. I mean, okay, that opens that one up for me. Thank you. Um, no, if it's not, if it's not there, actually, I'm gonna go with a surprise team here. Uh, if it's not Napoli, I think it's going to be Atalanta. Ooh. Coming out of nowhere. They made some big moves this offseason, too. We didn't talk about, about them really as well, but they made some nice, nice moves this offseason. It's crazy thing that they, they offloaded Hojlin, <laughs> which yeah. I'm sorry, Edward. I don't, I don't really see, I don't really see the value in that one. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Ten Hag, Ten Hag is, Ten Hogs a genius. I, I I can't argue with it. I mean, <laughs> but uh, maybe Hoshlin could be good. Uh, but I don't think he's the reason why Atalanta has been very competitive. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say that. He's young. He's raw. Like, I think it's fair to compare him to Darwin Nunez. I think the fact that he is very raw, it, it, like, there's potential. There's something. There, there could be something there. But, uh, no, I think Atalanta is a, is a, is a very good. I think, yeah, a lot of people are sleeping on Atalanta. I think now that Inter Milan, AC Milan, and Juventus are now kind of – and Napoli, you can throw Napoli in there, is like rising. Um, Atalanta's kind of been getting overshadowed by everybody. But, I, yeah, Atalanta I think could be a really – is a really good pick. Um, for me, um, I, I think AC Milan is, is just going to be like very too young. Uh, but – their experience now is going to be Olivier Giroud, and that's 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 got that's a lot to think about there. Um, but man just scores goals and wins championships. That's all he does. That's a fair point. Uh, but you know what? I I think I think even with all the drama, I'd probably go with Inter Milan. I don't I don't think clearly they 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 things are clicking for them. They somehow made it to the Champions League final, which I don't think anybody expected them to be there. They actually kept it very competitive. It wasn't for a, a just a, a godly shot from Rodri. That game could have gone to gone to extra time for all we known. And sometimes the team with the better defense has the favor. And unfortunately, they just they kept they kept Holland very quiet. I just want to point that out. Uh, so I think Inter Milan could definitely make a a big statement to to win the Serie. A. I like that pick. All right. All right, so that is that is uh, that is going to be it for the previews. So players of the week, I believe Edward's going to actually take had to step out for a bit. So I'll I'll do his his player of the week for him. Uh, players of the week is brought to you by In the Clutch. In the Clutch is an apparel company that is brought to you by the Players Association of Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, the NFL, and just so much more. They make amazing designs. And best of all, the material is amazing and it fits super comfortably. And it's so much so it actually passes the fat boy test quoted by Kelsey Coyne. That's definitely me. You guys who don't know the fat boy test, we'll say it again. Every time I'm on the show, I feel like I'd say this, say this the same line. If you lift your arms up and the tummy shows, it will not pass the fat boy test. Don't embarrass yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Mostly gentlemen. Don't embarrass yourselves. 
get a shirt that passes the fat boy test every time. But yeah, and best of all, it, the money goes back to who really matters in, when it comes to the sports, and that is the players. So if you guys love all of that, make sure you guys go to IntheClutch.com, use the code insert name at checkout, and save yourself 10% off your purchase. Once again, insert name at checkout, save yourself 10% off your purchase. All right, Kelsey, who is your player of the week? Yeah, I'm going Haney McDary for Nashville SC in there. Wow, performance over Minnesota. Uh, five five total goals. He ends up with one goal, three assists in that one. Uh, heck of a heck of a, heck of a performance there for Nashville, getting into the quarterfinals there, of, or sorry, semifinals of the League's Cup. Uh, they'll be playing that here coming up soon. I'm sure you. We just talked about that, and uh, yeah, look, I, I got to go Haney McDary for sure in this one. It's one of the best performances we've seen in the League's Cup so far, despite Messi scoring yet again. He continues to score. It's Haney Mukhtari. Yeah. Um, obviously one of the front runners for to repeat as a MVP. Of, I'm not going to say the actual name of the award. I refuse to say that man's name. But the MLS is MVP Landon award. Donovan's MLS Player of the Year award. Yeah, I refuse to acknowledge that man. Uh, but, but, yeah, Haney, Haney Mukhtar, amazing player. Uh, definitely, definitely worth noting. Um, Edwards player of the week is Erling Holland, who scored two goals in Manchester City's 3-0 victory against Burnley. And I gotta say, before we before we go to my player of the week, it was very hysterical when Erling Holland uh when him and Pep I wouldn't say he got into it with Pep. It seemed more likely Pep got into him. Yeah. Um and, and obviously he pushed off the camera. Uh just I don't know what the hell happened there. I I'm pretty sure he scored. He he scored in the first half, so I don't really know where the hell, uh, why. It, it's you know it's weird to me. Like I I I always with Erling Haaland. I feel like Pep's frustrations is also something from a time when at at Barcelona, where he had a very similar striker to of Erling Haaland skill set, and it was there was a lot of tension between those two as well, and obviously that's Latan Ibrahimovic. Um, there's a lot. Of, I think you can very com- you can very much compare Erling Haaland and Zlatan, uh, because obviously both in their sizes, uh, their ball, the, you know, their touch of the ball, and their goal scoring ability is just out of this world. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... but I think you're right. So I mean, based off of what Holland said, he actually came out and they talked about it afterwards. It was what Pep was mad about was actually his demonstrative motions towards his own teammates so in this exact in the, in the exact reference that that holland talks about he talks about he was frustrated that silva had not been playing on the ball uh towards the end of the half not playing one to his feet and you know pep was like look we're trying to kill the end of the time you're already up to nothing there's no point in pressuring like wasting the possession let's just get the possession get out you know he's explaining like why his mentality of possession first works which we all know pep's mentality like pep's game his his tiki taka style is more evolved than a normal tiki taka, as well. So it's a little more possession based, a lot more skillful, um, and that's something that really Holland outside. Of, I mean, last year I don't even think he fully grasped it. Last year, this year he's getting a full grasp on it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's very interesting. To see, you, I, I like that comparison to Zlatan. Um, obviously, him and Zlatan, Pep and Zlatan did not get along that well uh, in, in the time in Barcelona. So much so leading to. Zlatan's departure. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think with Holland, it's more like he's young. He's 
impressionable. The demonstrative things, you're trying to avoid that from affecting the team morale, especially for somebody like Man City, who, look, you got all these world-class players. they got to be able to play together. So mm-hmm. it's not like everybody's looking at one player as like, oh, my gosh, like every one of those guys are world-class. So this is one of those situations like it's just nipping the butt early and then – We'll fix. We'll we'll solve it going forward. Like it's it's it'll be fine going forward. And so I I, I kind of like this coaching moment from Pep. Um, do I like the the camera being in the face when it happens? No, uh, not at all. I think that's something that maybe could have waited until they were in the. And I in think the that's where, I think that's where I'm at with 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 Pep. I understand that you want to let you know let let it be known to to Erling Haaland that that's not how we're gonna we're not gonna do things that way. Um, I I honestly have to say, like, I feel like there there's some, at least some from just just his experience with Zlatan. Yeah. That's oh, very, from very similar to what Erling Haaland did. Uh, but yeah, you got to keep that behind closed doors because then it, you're just get, you're just getting yourself attention, uh, unwanted attention uh, specifically. But I mean, obviously, it's handled. Holland, I I don't think is as hot headed as Zlatan is. Um, is also not as stubborn as Latan is. Holland's actually very even keel, total vibes kind of guy. Um, he's he's the he's a surfer boy. Like honest to goodness, he is a yogi surfer boy. Like the dude does yoga on a constant basis to keep himself maintained and and not overly emotional. So it's, it is actually kind of a cool thing that I don't know. We we're, we we rarely see that type of coaching nowadays. Many times it's now then taken to social media afterward. You know, like we very rarely see like the hard nosed coaching that we grew up with. Like, hey, don't be demonstrative to your teammates. That's something that I, I'm sure I've been yelled at before about. I'm sure anybody who's played sports has probably been yelled at about it before. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it just goes to show you how important Pep regards not necessarily the talent on the field, the play on the field, but the interactivity, like the interactions between his players, and how important that is to him. And I think you're right, though. I do think it, a lot of it goes back to that time was lot. And he's just like, look, I've experienced it. I know what to look for. The ultimate ego, uh, if you guys have ever watched the Blue Lock anime, that's a big thing in that. They talk about Zlatan a lot. That is Zlatan. Zlatan is an ultimate ego. Uh, but, you know, trying to prevent Erling Haaland from going down that path. Pep knows the, the, the game. He's one of those well, well, well-known well coaches. He's well-respected, so... If there's any coach that can do it to, to keep him from going down there, that's it's Pep, and I, I like this moment. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's fully down to his experience with Slatin and, and trying just to prevent it from ever coming becoming a thing again. Yeah, exactly. And then my player of the week is Danny Olmo, who scores a hat-trick in RB Leipzig's 3-0 win against Bayern Munich in the German Super Cup. Um, I know a lot of people are trolling the fact that, like, Harry, Harry King was on the bench, which – Maybe seems a little premature to be bringing this guy in when he just he just barely got there. I'm sure he's been just there the with physicals and all that shit. But like, uh, obviously they pinning the loss on on him. I, like I said, this this Bayern Munich team is not where they want to be yet. Like I mean, yeah. there's a lot of players that have to step up in in specific roles. Um, so it's gonna. I don't think that this that this team will still be Bayern Munich. But you know, obviously, you got there's gonna there's gonna be a time part. Like it's it's not gonna happen overnight. But uh, but I mean, RB Leipzig having the you know the performance that they need to be having when they do face Bayern Munich. I mean, if they can replicate this in the regular season, I mean, RB Leipzig can definitely you know fancy their chances of of maybe trying to beat uh, Borussia Dortmund in in winning uh, uh the Bundesliga. But but yeah, Danny Omo, what a performance! Scores a hat trick. Obviously, is gonna get their attention. So congratulations, 
Yeah. So congratulations. Uh, this dude just continues continues his talent. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, already getting called up with the with the, I was gonna say Mexico Spanish Spain's national team. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a, a bright part of 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 Spain's future. Uh, hopefully, we're gonna see a, a different Spanish national. I mean. I don't even know who's going to be the coach for Spain. I don't think they've announced it yet, but uh, give in. He has to a year and he'll take over. You're right. Um, so congratulations to Hanny Mukhtar, Erling Haaland, and Danny Olmo for being our players of the week. It is now posted on social media, on Instagram and, and, and Twitter slash X um, on X slash Twitter. It'll be in the subtweet. You just got to go ahead and you can vote for who is your player of the week um, there. So, Obviously, you guys do help out in the selection for the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award. And if you go on Instagram, it'll be on our stories. So that's how you can also vote over there. So those are your two ways to vote on who who gets an extra vote for Player of the Week. Um, but, yeah, thanks again. Wouldn't this be Mukhtari's second vote if he ends up winning? Y- yeah. Let's say I thought he won early in the season. So, yeah. Let's go. Vote Mukhtari. Let's get a chance to replace Robert I think, Lewandowski. I this. think that was last year's. No. Um, no. No, wait. No, because no, MLS actually. Year's. Yeah, it's this year's. Yes. Wow. Let's yeah. go. We have a chance to replace Lewandowski. Let's go. But Yeah, I mean, Lewandowski has not. I don't think has gotten enough. I think right now on top is actually a tie between Erling Haaland and Pedri. Because uh, Pedri had oh. a really good start in 2023. <laughs> Um, we might not catch a we might not catch a Pedri or Erling Haaland at this point in time, but we can try Mukhtari. But yeah, um, and then obviously now Messi blowing people away has got, has actually gotten up 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 also in votes as well. But but yeah, so congratulations to Hany Mukhtar, Erling Haaland, and Danny Olmo for being our players of the week. Once again, go ahead and vote on them on Instagram and Twitter at InsertNameFC. Um, also, thank you in the clutch again. Go check out InTheClutch.com. Use the code insert name at checkout. Save yourself 10% off your purchase. All right. Games to look forward to this coming weekend. Uh, it's also going around in, in the leagues, not necessarily in the major leagues or in any major tournaments coming up, going on right now. But Galatasaray is taking on Trabzonspor. Um, they're two very well-known teams in, in, the, in the Turkish league. So go ahead and check it out. It's really cool that the fact that they're doing this really early in the season. But check that out. Uh, Wrexham. Has not gotten a win yet uh, in, in League Two. Just need one. Just need one, Wrexham. So they are going to try to get their first win against Swindon Town. Um, so we'll see how that works out for them over there. Um, and Malmo is taking on Dragarden. So those are those are some interesting matches. Speaking of Slaton, that's Slaton's home home club there. Yep. Even though, fun fact, he does not own a piece of that. He owns a piece of another team in in the area uh, in the same league oh wow yeah so despite malmo having a statue of zlatan he said no i will not purchase part of your team <laughs> he's like i'm too invested um obviously the 2002 fifa world women's world cup final is this weekend make sure you guys watch it um 2023 that's it oh god dang it okay no i didn't say it but it was uh, another thing where I type wrong, uh, but the women's world cup, the 2023 FIFA women's world cup, uh, the final will be this weekend. Make sure you guys watch it to see who becomes the new, uh, world cup winners because women's national first time. 
World yep. Cup winner for one of those teams. The U.S. Women's National Team uh, got eliminated in 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 the round of sixteen. So, what are you gonna do? You talk all that smack beforehand. Look what happens. Yeah, that they came into they came in way too cocky, and I don't blame them for being cocky, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> this team was this team like okay, so this team with Mal Pugh is a different story. This team without Mal Pugh not that good honestly like i i was a little worried with all these young talented strikers they're bringing in because they just kind of are goal poachers and nobody's like actually capable of creating a goal from those that set of strikers minus alex morgan yeah yeah i I think uh you can't you can't depend on athleticism anymore i think also the competition just got better and that's also because they expanded to 32 teams but um the competition definitely got better uh i mean look at sweden uh but and Japan, unfortunately, they you know obviously got eliminated by Sweden, but Japan was also very good in this tournament. Um, the the Dutch squad, I mean, very good as well, but eliminated. Yeah. So, and I mean, Spain. Me and Edward were wowed by Spain in the in the Euros. Um, England, uh, you know, and, and by the way, Spain's doing this without their best player. Yeah. Right now, so this is impressive. So, yeah, Women's World Cup has been so much fun. So go ahead and see who. Who ends up lifting the trophy at the end of all this, which I, I honestly think is probably one of the best women's World Cups that I've got to watch, which is impressive because it's very early that these games are coming on. Um, also, another final is happening, and that is the League's Cup final. Uh, this very interesting tournament that has now expanded to every team in Liga Mekis and MLS is finally going to have a conclusion. Does Messi carry Inter Milan? Inter Milan? Inter Miami? Jesus fucking Christ. Um, does Messi carry carry Inter-Miami all the way to the final well obviously I don't know now but obviously at one point I will know but we'll see what happens with the way him him and Busquets have been playing right now can Philadelphia you know say F you to to, to Inter-Miami or does does Monterrey make Mexico proud does Nashville does does Mukhtar get another player of the week nomination? Yeah. We'll find out this weekend. On the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Um in Major League Soccer, obviously League's Cup is League's Cup is over for a lot of these teams. So in League's uh the teams that are not continuing on, uh we have Columbus Crew versus FC Cincinnati. So hell is real is this weekend. It is a huge, huge rivalry. Both teams are doing really well this year in the MLS. So we'll see how the MLS kicks back up. With a huge rivalry at Columbus Crew and FC Cincinnati and LA Galaxy, um, they made a lot of signings after this <laughs> during this break. Can this can it be enough for them to turn things around for them this season? And they're going against Real Salt Lake, a team that's actually done very well so far in the MLS this year. But can they keep this up as well? So we'll see what happens there between these two teams. Uh, Liga Mekis, we got Pumas and Toluca. And FC Juarez versus Chivas. Um, we'll see if Chivas can all that time that they got to rest from being eliminated in the in the group in the group stages would be enough to take on Juarez, a team that actually did surprisingly well in this tournament in, in League's Cup. Like sorry they ran up against LAFC, but uh, I mean they, they did a good job to get to that point and honestly. Yeah. Um in League on we got Leon taking on Montpierre and RC Lens taking on Stade Rennes. So Yeah, that's that's Leon and, and Montpellier is a fantastic old school matchup for the for the French league, but unfortunately, there's not a lot to cheer there anymore. Except for if you're a Canadian fan, then then maybe cheer on Leon a little bit. Yeah, 
in the Bundesliga, we got Bayer Leverkusen taking on RB Leipzig and Union Berlin taking on Mainz. Okay, also, we didn't mention Bayer Leverkusen, but Bayer Leverkusen also a pretty solid team in the Bundesliga. Not so much they last they, Yeah, no, no, but they always are solid. They're usually, I mean, in a bad year last year, they finished eighth. Yeah. I think it's eighth, eighth or ninth. So, like, oh, no, how terrible. Like, we're still a top 10 team, but they just didn't get to go to Europe this year. That's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. In the Serie A, uh, <laughs> newly promoted Frosinone is going to take on the champions of last year, Napoli. So, that's how they get to kick off their time in the Serie A. And Udinese gets to feel the wrath of a very pissed-off Juventus team. At least I hope it's going to be a very pissed-off Juventus team. I love – I'm sorry. I love the nickname matchup for the Udinese versus Juventus game. It's like the fighting donkeys is Udinese, and Juventus is the old ladies. Like It's like the old lady versus the fighting donkey. Who's going to win this one? <laughs> it, honestly, it's probably going to be the old lady because, yeah. I, I, I've always loved the, some of the nicknames when they translate them into, into English from the Italian league. It's just hilarious. Yeah. In La Liga, we got Real Sociedad taking on Celta Vigo. Yeah, Celta Vigo not not looking so well after losing their first their first match, but obviously it's still early. Real Sociedad seems to be a team that can always like just find players. Um, find and players then just keep winning. Yeah, Real Betis, who now has Isco on their team, who performed very well. Wild, right? Like, how does he end up with Real Betis after all that? Like, yeah. So now he's but, at Real Betis after leaving Sevilla. So he went straight to the rivals of Sevilla. So that's interesting. And they're going to be taking on Atletico Madrid. One of his former rivals. Yeah. English Premier League, we got Tottenham. Uh, a Harry Kane-less Tottenham taking on Manchester United. Who actually played today. They played against uh, Wolves and... It was actually a very controversial game because they were claiming that Onana, there should have been a penalty with Onana. But, hey, it didn't happen. Uh, penalties on goalkeepers. Let's just, they, they take them out of the game. I feel like a goalkeeper should be able to punch somebody because, you know, why not? Yeah. And then it's the battle of the oil money as Manchester City takes on Newcastle United. All right, so Kelsey is frozen for a bit. So... No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm, don't. All right, we're back. <laughs> All right. Um, the battle of the oil money, Manchester City versus Newcastle United. <laughs> I got nothing for that one. There's just, just a whole lot of oil being spilled somewhere. Yep. All right. So those are the games to look forward to this weekend. Obviously, there's so much soccer to watch, but if you guys are still trying to get into the game, I think this is a pretty good beginner's guide. Let's go ahead and check those games out. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take one more break, and then we're going to get going with three up, three down. Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLYUP20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time to tame your mane. 
with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you got glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with the titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. So what are you waiting for? Save 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code Belly up 20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. And we're back. All right, man. Three off, three down. Obviously, the new seasons are kicking off. So we're always going to do this whenever the new season kicks off. And that is doing a three up, three down on all the jerseys. Last episode, we did League Un. Now we're going to Bundesliga. If you guys notice, this is also kind of where we rank the, the, the top five leagues. So obviously, we did Bundesliga this, this episode. Next episode of Serie A. So if you guys just want to frame a reference there. Um, Spoiler. Yeah. And then the following would be La Liga. And then obviously the the last one would be our, the top league that we think. And that's the English Premier League. So just in case you guys didn't realize that. If you guys weren't catching up onto that. But all right. We always start out with Spencer. Uh, Kelsey, would you like to, to start things off with, with you and me? Or, or you want me to go first? I'll let you go first. Okay. So... Like I said, I'll go then Spencer, then me, then Kelsey. So Spencer wants everybody to know for his three down, I would still rock these though. I consider my three down an homage to my inner child. So interesting. Okay. So his number three is Mainz's goalkeeper uh, kit. He said, Cummerling, just say it a few times in your head. <laughs> You know, it's it's we're we're still we're still we're still kids at heart, and we're always gonna giggle at something no matter what. Uh, but let me let me see this this this. Kid. I get it, I get it. Oh goodness, yeah. Nah. Uh... We we women, you have to under, ladies, you have to understand. I don't know why I said women so aggressively. Uh, ladies, you just have to understand. Like, we're never not gonna grow up. Um, we're gonna laugh at things that are like Cumberling or mm-hmm. giggle at six nine. Like it's, that's just who we are. But uh, but yeah. So that is his is his first three down. Is is number three is Mainz's goalkeeper kit. The first one. His second is Borussia Mönchengladbach's goalkeeper. The main sponsor's logo looks like what you, what to y'all looks like what to y'all. <laughs> oh what Borussia Mönchengladbach. Let me see. It looks like what to y'all? Flat X. What? Um, it looks like what to me? The sponsor looks like what? Flat X. Yeah, I think Spencer's gonna have to explain that one to me because I don't get it. Flatex. Oh, I get it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it really does. What the hell does it look like? 
the EX. Not are you wait. The EX? Normally it's rounded, this time it's squared. Oh. Alright. <laughs> okay, alright, Spencer. Really really embracing your inner child here. And number one, FC Kelowna Way, because the kid in me and the sponsor's name in on front would make people say that, that, that's literally what he said. Dot dot dot. Yes. I I already know because yes. Cologne. Yeah. Let me see it. Uh where the hell is it? God, I hate I hate where the how German German teams are so confusing alphabetically. <laughs> yeah, FC Cologne with a K. Wait, where the hell is it? I don't see it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Rewe. <laughs> okay. Oh man, this is where we are. This is this is where we are. But all right, so my three down. Uh yeah, I'm gonna start off with Bayer Leverkusen's uh their uh for home kit. Like I get that I get that they gotta always have like a black and red kit. I just, I'm just not a fan of the cross. Um, I usually like when they just do like just a, a red kit with some black accents to it. Uh, but yeah, this is just not it for me. It's a little boring to me. Yeah, I get that. Uh, my second down. I'm always intrigued by Borussia Dorman's designs, but this, this home kit for me is just, it just doesn't yeah. look like it's finished. Yep. It, yeah, it's like, like Dortmund at the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, where's that word? <laughs> I know. That was a good one. God. But um, it's, it, well, it's ironic you say that because it is supposed to be a silhouette of their their stadium, which has been under construction many, many years in the past. Yeah. And uh, my number one is... I'm 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 actually gonna include both of them and that's Borussia Mönchengladbach's away and third kick because it's basically the same fucking thing. Um, I I just I'm just never going to be a fan of of when the stripes are just break off out of nowhere. Um, mm. And I mean, mm-hmm. kind of go back with with Borussia Dortmund, like it just doesn't look complete. The, these don't look complete at all. Um, if you have if you have some sort of upset uh, some sort of level of obsessive compulsive disorder, this would definitely like frustrate the hell out of you. Um, I, I I don't have OCD, but this this definitely like irks me a little bit. Uh, so yeah, so that's my three down. So Kelsey, I respect, I respect that. I respect that. Uh, I'm gonna go my first one being Dar- Darmstadt's blue and white. Again, it's nothing really against Darmstadt. Uh, these are just very League Two. I want some impressiveness with my League One jerseys. Um, like if you're in the top league, you can't be. You can't be giving me something that looks like it belongs in a Sunday league game. Um, also, it looks like it says hacks on the front of it, and that just makes me laugh every time, too. So that's my number three. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, Werder Bremen's home jersey. Nothing really against it. I just don't like the green on the green and then the white with the mint green. It's just a little too much, and it's all vertical stripes. You know, they always tell you as a big guy, you don't wear vertical stripes. It makes you look bigger. Yeah, I, I get it. I see it now. Um, so I don't like these at all. 
And then my top down is going to be Cologne's away kit as well. Uh, not for the same reasons. I just, uh, similar to Werder Bremen, I don't like the vertical stripe with the red and the red. And then on the other side, the lighter red with the lighter red. It's just, I don't know. It's too similar to each other. It just doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't really like it for what they've done in the past as well either. So uh, that's, those, those are going to be my three down. All right. So Edward just sent me his three down actually right now. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. But um, I don't know if he's going to hop in anytime soon, but I'll go ahead and say his three down. His number three is FC Augsburg away. Um, okay. The black kit, the new black kit. I get that. Yeah. Dang. We're, I saw Augsburg. I saw Augsburg not too long ago. Where, where is it? Where'd it go? The okay, that, that finished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's just because it's just boring. Uh, yeah, number... I mean, you kind of got to look really closely to see the the, the design in it, mm-hmm. and that just is. I I don't know if that plays well on the on like actually on the jersey. Yeah, number two is SC Freiburg's home kit. I don't know what Nike's been doing, man. Like it's just. The... Yeah, you this mean the is training kits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just that's that Nike needs to get back into it, man. Um, and then number one for Edward is Wolfsburg's home kit. Really, you didn't like that one, okay, Edward? Yeah, Edward. I'm actually, I get. I guess I get it though. Yeah, we're if he's a if he's a fan of Dortmund, I wouldn't like green either. So, yeah, so that is uh, Edward's three down. All right, Spencer's three up. It is at number three. He has Eintracht Frankfurt's away. Yeah. So, let's see. Straight black and clean. It is nice with nice little red piping, red and white piping. Mm. Yeah, that's just that's just class. Like I, I mean, there's like there's boring and then there's this and this, this is not boring. I think this is like one of the few times where Nike does it right. Uh, number two is FC Cologne's goalkeeper kit. What's going on with Cologne's goalkeeper kit? Uh, I think it's the. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the goalkeeper kit. Third kit. Oh yeah, no, that's actually pretty sick. It's the uh, it's all black with the Technicolor across the top with the hexagon pattern. Okay. Yeah. That's actually kind of cool. I didn't even see that. That last year they had a really cool goalkeeper jersey as well. So yeah, a goalkeeper goalkeepers. I honestly say have like you you should have like the most fun with it. Like just yeah. just just go off with it. Evidently, um, by the way, it is a remake of the iconic Denmark keeper kit from the past century. Oh okay, that's always cool when they have like a reference. Um, and then Spencer's number one is actually a tie between Borussia Dortmund's home kit. And Wolfsburg's away. Obviously, I had I had Darwin's home kit on my on my down. So obviously, you guys know how I feel about that one. But uh, Wolfsburg, this is the thing that's always weird about me with with Wolfs. I mean, obviously the black and the and the green. So yeah, that to me that's kind of that kind of clean. I like it, but I'll be honest. I like their home jersey more than their away jersey. I just yeah. like the marker effect of the home jersey. Yeah. So gonna, I mean I don't I don't mind the I just I feel like I've seen so many Nike jerseys with like the chest as one solid color and then the sleeves around the shoulders with a design and I'm just like okay 
I'm ready to move on to a new design style, please. It's just not the best run. It's just not Nike's best right now. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating. Uh, but all right, Edwards three up is number three, RB Leipzig's home. Which I mean, if there's one thing you're gonna know about RB Leipzig, they're always gonna have a white kit. And yeah, I, I, I think that this this works again. This works. Yeah. I, I I'm not a fan of the away kit. Um nope. that's just like way too much going on, but I think it, it works differently with, with the way they do it with the home kit. So yeah, that's a that's a that that's really clean to me. Number two is Bayern Munich's third kit. Yep. Oh yeah. The black. I don't know if it's the third kit or the or the away. I think he means the away kit. No, the, the third. black one. Are we sure? Yeah, Bayern Munich's third kit, which is the the cream. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I haven't seen that one. Oops. Yeah, that one's clean. Yeah, I like that one too. Um, oh yeah, then, the Champions League third. Yep. Okay. And then number one is Mainz away. Uh, let me see what Mainz has. Yep. Big fan of that one. You know what? This gives me like uh, Croatia. The green, the blue and gold. Yeah, because remember Croatia for the for the mm, uh, yeah, that's right. They did. Cup. Yeah. So that that gives me Croatia vibes right there. So, uh, for me, my number my number three for three up is going to be. Uh, weirdly enough, I'm going to actually start with Bar Leverkusen because I love the away kit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clean, but I love that like that ver- that vertical stripe that that weird vertical stripe where it's just like blocks on blocks. Um, it kind of looks like steps, which for me, I, yeah. I I like it, and I like the white out for the for the logo as well. Yeah, those ones make sense. Yeah, uh, my number two is. Man, it's hard because there's like so many good jerseys, but I'm gonna go with Mainz's away. Like I said, it just makes me think of Croatia from the 2018 World Cup, um, and it just I like the gold. The gold definitely makes it does does a. It also also Real Madrid had the same color color set up uh, a few years ago, so it does remind me of Real Madrid. Makes sense. Um, and then my number one, and that's gonna be Bayern Munich's third kit, the the cream jersey. I love it. Um, that's gonna be definitely a as a matter of fact, this is what they this that's the jersey they wore in the in the uh Super Cup final where they lost. But it to me that's a clean jersey. You know my I think I think my only problem with that cream jersey is I'm looking at the uh uh the the reactions to it. So when it gets wet or hot, it turns into a see through nothingness. Literally you, there's like it it's it's somebody said somebody uh highlighted and said Bayern Munich's twenty three twenty four Champions League kit reacts to heat like a plastic bag. Nice. And it, I can't unsee it now. Yikes. All right. <laughs> well, when, uh, it's, but, when it's dry, it's, it looks nice. Yeah, when it's dry, when it's dry, it looks sick. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm going to go with my top, my top three. Uh, number three, I actually have Bayern's Away Kit. So, the black one with the, the world design out of the, the purple and green diamonds. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, something interesting. I like I like when they do something cool like that in a sublimation. The, the white out badge also. I always like when they do something like that. Yeah. Yes, it badge matches the, you know, the chest, which matches the the logo. Absolutely love that as well. Uh, plus, I like purple as an accent color on a lot of jerseys. I've talked about that before. Um, purple is one of those things as an accent color. I think is fantastic. Um, that's gonna take me to my number two. I'm gonna go Union Union Berlin's green and gold. That's just mm, 
Chef's Kiss. Grew up a Notre Dame fan. I always wanted green and gold stuff. This is just one that just speaks to my heart. Uh, just I, I absolutely all, love it. It also makes me think of uh, of uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. Yeah. It looks like honestly, it kind of looks like one of their shooting shirts before the game. Kind of. Yeah. Does. Um, it's crazy that no. they got Paramount Plus as their sponsor. Um, I wish they. I think for me, the only thing that like kind of ruins it for me is just the badge. Yeah, I, I wish their badge was different, but I get not wanting to change that badge. Mm-hmm. It's so historic. It's so old. I get that, but at the same time, I'm like, please. Or at least have like camouf- like make it make it white out or something like that. Yeah, just help me out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and number one, I'm going mines is a wa- sorry, mines is away navy and gold. Uh I just like everybody else. I just love the color scheme. It looks fantastic. Just clean as all get out. And the fact they actually use the gold in the logo as well. Mm, love it. Yeah, so that is three up, three down. Um if you guys want, you can you can mention like your favorite your favorite jersey. Uh in in the comments is also remember this is also on gold tv and there is like where you can you can comment on this as well so you guys can tell us right there as well um so yeah that is three up three down that is episode 140 we want to give a shout out to the belly up podcast network follow them on instagram and x at belly up media and belly up sports check out their website bellyupsports.com great articles that are constantly being written uh obviously right now we're in baseball baseball season has kind of been the hot topic going on lately but obviously NFL is coming up, preseason is going on, so there's a lot of football coverage as well. So if you guys want to be in know for that, con- constantly there are always articles coming in every single day. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, shout out to Gold TV. Obviously, if you guys are watching this through Gold TV, uh, thank you so much, man. We're really excited about this partnership that we have with Gold TV. It's just really cool. Um, so if you guys don't know, Gold TV is essentially – a Netflix, but for soccer content. So you can see all just all the content that you want to see that's soccer specific. Uh, we're really excited to partner up with Jose Tejas. I think his vision and what he wants to do in as far as like showing the world what what real soccer, uh, real soccer fans are in the U.S. Not not Stephen Che's dumbass comment about how to improve the MLS uh, from Barcelona Sports. That was oh my god, that was an atrocity. Um, yeah. Guys thinking that uh, free kicks or penalty kicks, uh, it's just oh, it, the God. cringe. The, like, I get it. Like, I get why the rest of the world thinks that we're a joke as a soccer fan base, as a football fan base, soccer fan base. I don't give a shit. But I get it. I get why they think that there is not enough care in, in the game. Um, but in the all reality, there is legitimate fans of this game. Like, Barstool is not a direct representation of, of soccer in America. At least the dumb they're, side may be a better representation. They're far, they're far from your average American soccer fan. They are the furthest thing from your average American soccer fan, honestly. It, it, it they are cringy. Like this is somebody that like loves that, like big cat, uh, big cat from Barstool is like a big inspiration for me. Uh, but when he talks about soccer, I, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely like kind of, don't listen to it because i already know it's a, it's a load of shit but um i understand that like soccer media in the u.s is just not great but goals tv has a lot of people that love soccer not only in mls usa like not just that obviously like us we we cover majority of the leagues in in the world uh 
you know, mostly your mostly the the power five in Europe, and also we cover MLS when we can. Uh, but it's just, I think more so is just like for them to understand that there is a soccer culture in in this country. It's just obviously it's not the most popular sport in the, in this country right now. But Yet. Goal TV is helping that out, making sure that there's people that can actually finally get the content that they're looking for, that they're searching for, and. That's why the main reason why me, Edward, and Spencer partnered up with Goals TV is for that and that that reason alone. And we love it. We love all the content that's being out there. Go check out all the soccer content that that's out there as well that's in Goals TV. You're going to find something that you like, whether it's someone that plays FIFA, whether it's someone that talks about MLS, or maybe there's a specific team in the MLS that you only want to hear about. They have all that for you. Um, shout out to Riley, who's been covering the women's world cup did his that his show right there that's i've been watching that nonstop. it is really cool i really like it uh he's been getting some great guests for that as well but yeah if you guys want to know more follow goals tv at goals.tv on instagram and at goals underscore tv on twitter slash x so lots of great stuff man i i like i said <clears throat> it's not just me Bellio Sports is also behind us uh, for for joining with Go- partnering up with Goals TV. It, it's it's not it's not only a big part for our podcast, but it's also a great great representation for Bellio Sports as well. Oh yeah, no, we love it. Like I'm glad I've never been happier to see that you guys teamed up with, with Goals TV. It is absolutely an exciting opportunity. Uh, I know you know. I maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm biased because I love you guys' show so much because I'm, I love love the soccer side of things so much. But look, I, I absolutely love it for not just you guys, but for obviously you mentioned Belly Up TV, but or Belly Up Sports. Look, it's it's you know, it's a way to get out the the that it's not just one or two soccer fans in the network. Look, we, I cover everything but soccer mostly on my show, but this gives me an outlet to talk soccer and, and talk the sport that I love. So, uh, you know, it's it's a great thing to see for sure. So yeah, if you guys want guys with passion just like me and and Kelsey, check out Gold TV. Uh, so the subscription is free. It is literally free to subscribe to Goals TV. So, I mean, there's no excuse. It, you just download the app and you just have a huge library of, of soccer content in your pocket. So go ahead and check them out, man. Um, obviously, you hear the intros and the outros. You you hear someone that somehow makes me and Edward singing voices sound dramatically better. Um, and that is because of Roosevelt Spencer, the namesake of the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award. He has been so influential for how we've been able to grow as a podcast because i mean you need to have a good intro to really get get your people get people to pay attention and spencer does it so much for you so if you guys have a podcast or if you guys have a youtube channel or maybe you you want to get into music spencer is your guy man like i'm telling you right now the biggest thing that kills a lot of podcasts is when you guys get hit with copyright issues and and so why not just try to avoid your chances by trying to use a Taylor Swift song and just get an original beat and it's going to be a sick beat. Uh, so if you guys need that hit of Spencer on Instagram at that guy dope, he is going to re- he's going to respond. He's really good about uh, responding back to his emails. So hit him up, man. He's going to do so much. Well, so well for you. You love, if you guys love our beats, well, hit up Spencer. So much so, Kelsey also loves, uh, has even hired, used uh, Spencer's services. Oh, man. Love Spencer. Love him to death. Uh, absolute darling when it comes to helping us out with the music. I know I, I called him a darling. I'm sorry, Spencer. I didn't mean it that way. But you know what? Like He is, he knows what he's doing. 
does it well, does it professionally as well. I mean, look, we may call him Spencer. We may, you know, it's Mr. Spencer uh, at the end of the day. Uh, you know, it is, he is, he is an absolute class act to work with and he puts on some of the sickest beats out there. Uh, you gotta you, look for podcasts. You mentioned it. Nobody wants to get hit with those DNCs. They cost you a lot of money, a lot of money and a lot of time. You gotta take down every episode that has those sounds in it. So just avoid it, get it out of the way. You're going to save a heck of a lot of money by using Spencer over paying those DNC fees. That's for sure. So definitely reach out to him. See what you can do with him. And honestly, you'll get something that you'll love forever. Yep. So once again, Instagram at that guy dope. All right. So that is episode 140. Um, Obviously, unfortunately, I wasn't able to finish the episode with us. But, you know, you still got to hear some of his great takes. Um, I'm sure that laughing part is going to be a great reel. Um, uh, But, yeah, man, from... From me and from me, Edward and Kelsey, thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week for episode one forty one. Uh, there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of soccer to talk about because now all the leagues are playing. So uh, get ready for that. And we gotta recap the women's World Cup and and leagues cup. So there's also that for you. So thank you so much for listening. Um, also, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. I forgot to do it. Kelsey. Obviously, thank you so much for being on the show. Tell the people where they can find you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, uh, you can find me at high high underscore low underscore sports over on X slash Twitter slash the artist formerly known as Twitter. I don't know how you want to say it. Uh, and then everywhere else you can find us at high low sports on social media and on YouTube. There, uh, we're you know putting out new new content all the time and live episodes every Wednesday, eight p.m. Eastern time. Then you can catch us on any platform, any podcast platform. After that, uh, the next day at seven a.m. will be our episodes will be up. So, you know, we, we try to put out as much content as we can. Like I said, we cover everything but soccer on the show for the most part. We will talk about it a little bit. But this is really where I get to let out this this bug, I should say, that that eats me alive sometimes by not being able to talk soccer every every day. Yeah. So make sure you guys go ahead and check out Kelsey and DJ at High Low Sports, especially if you're a fan of, of other sports, not just soccer. Um, I believe uh, you guys are you guys already did your prediction episode, didn't you? We, oh, no, you uh, guys started, are your predictions. Yeah, we're starting. Yeah, we just started actually our series. So we do this every year going into the end of the season for the NFL. Uh, we do division by division. So we go last week was AFC, NFC West. This week coming up, we're going AFC, NFC North, I believe, followed by the South and the West. Or sorry, and the East to end around it out. Or it might be going East. We'll switch it up every week. Who knows? But yeah, we do it leading up into the final week where we then give our predictions going into that week as well as our award winners as well. Uh, we've done some pretty good ones in the past. Uh, yours truly predicted the Broncos sucking last year. So that's always a, a good feather in the cap to have. So, um, yeah, we'll see what we can do this year. All right. So if you guys are a fan of a NFL team and you want to see either your team get destroyed by one of these guys, or maybe, maybe get some hope, um, go ahead and check them out. I, I will say DJ is a Colts fan. So I always take his predictions with a grain of salt. Um, but obviously it's also with, with the he reality. also hates the Colts half the time too. So yeah. it's, it's it's tough. <laughs> well, and you know, for for quite some time, the Texans had a guy named Jack Easterby for some odd reason, and uh, that it, it was definitely really hard to like that guy for a while. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's actually really great now to be a Texans fan, um, and nothing has happened yet. So, <laughs> but there's hope. There's hope in a in a young CJ Stroud. Um, so we'll see how that how that happens. But obviously, thank you, Kelsey. From me, Edward, and Kelsey, thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week for episode 141. All right, take care, guys.